With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We are back in the building. We are back on the map. Me and my beautiful Fendrick. We haven't all been together in a while. It has it's been, been a, a couple long weeks. Time. It has. That's what happens when you just sneak off to Florida to hang out with Kyle for a few days. Oh, that's it. Blame it on me. That's it. <laughs> that's what happened, isn't it? Sims was in Florida. Yep. I went to San Antonio for a little bit. Right. Beautiful uh, town. I saw your uh, Instagram. Oh, yeah. I mean, damn. I, I was you went a da- food stylist. You went down there and just crapped on the city of San Antonio. You're like, hey, we do. We got to write New York, okay? You guys are messed up down here. I will. I'm officially have a <laughs> Wait, New York are you bias. on Instagram? Never. Would you think so I'm on Instagram? So how did you see his Instagram? I got this wife. One of the things she's good for in life is showing me Instagram. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> they, sit on the couch, they sit on the couch, and then his wife goes, Christopher, come over. We're going to watch Adam's Instagram story together. Okay, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Sounds no, like a good activity. I usually, no, but I'm a New York right. biased person now. You are. I go to these places, and I walk, and I'm like, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Like, every place. Yeah. And then, but everyone's a lot nicer. They when definitely you walk are. I noticed that even. They're like, "Have a great day, man." Yeah. I was like, "I don't know who you are, but thanks, bro." But thank you. And then I come to New York, and it's like my neighbor, and they're like, "Get out of yeah. my way!" I'm like, "All right, leave me alone." All right, we have a lot to get to. We're this is going to be a long podcast. I hope not. Strap I hope in, everybody. One. As long as it's packed with content. What we're doing is Sims spent this past weekend, and last weekend, actually, yeah, this past weekend, and he has officially locked in. The rankings of the five quarterbacks. He went back for the first time in his analysis career. Yeah. In his analyst career. I almost career. feel hypocritical. Why? Because I just feel like I've never had to do it. Like, there, I've had to go look back. Like, I hate the fact that I'm, like, actually going to change order and stuff. But, but you've, you said that this year is different. It is different. I know. Because I know. there isn't the locked-in guys. No. And I think, I, I, like I told you, I, I didn't have the full scope of film that I would like to have mm. the first time around, so I watched, but I got to see a whole lot more. Are there changes? Yes, there's changes. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. I would also like to say, yeah. changing rankings is something that happens across the entire NFL draft. Well, it does. That's what I, 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 really, I know you hold yourself to a standard, yes. but I'm saying it's okay for you to change your rankings. It, it definitely Everyone is. Everyone does. I know that. I know that. But, it, but just because I've never really had to do it at any position, really. Yeah. I, it's just weird, especially a quarterback the, this year. And I think also I came out so hard because of like Bill Polian and that crap that I was you were like, fired up. I yeah. just saw Lamar Jackson. I was like, he's definitely a quarterback. Eat shit. He's a starter. <laughs> so we're going to get to that. We're going to have Phil Sims come on. I want him. The, uh, the New York Post put out some favorites for Monday Night Football and Thursday Night Football. Right. I want him to break down who he thinks would be good in the booth. Because I think you guys can scout quarterbacks, and I think Phil at this point can prick. Pick broadcasters Damn. too. Hold on, and we're gonna bring in what? What's up? Who is it? I got. I'm on the podcast. We right can now, hear that so through I the mic. Talk to you. I know. Who is it? Sounds like Matt right. Sims. For everybody okay. out there that can't hear what right, Chris I'll, is talking about, I was hoping it was Kyle. Oh, uh, that's what it is. Okay, I got you. But that's still early. But I've heard it to people. 
Oh, okay. Right. Ooh, Ooh, some sources. Right. Some sources. He's heard it from two people. <laughs> They're making fun of me. They don't even know who I'm talking to. Based on to, our sourcing standards later. here, you can go with two people. Right, so. Who was it? I can't tell you. What Ooh. do you mean? That was an important NFL person. I had to answer that. Sorry. What do you think? God, you're just like chef. I know. I know. I had to answer that. Wait, I, what was the? What's the news? Uh, it's not news. It's about. I can't even talk about this one. Actually, I don't even know. <laughs> Give what us to say. It's about quarterbacks. It's about the draft. It's a little nugget. Nothing. Odell. It's about Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about Odell. We need to talk about Sue on the Rams. Uh, and then we're also going to have our good buddy Jordan Schultz to come on. And I, uh, he's the one saying that the Cowboys are definitely cutting Dez. I want to know more about that. Right. And then after we talk about Sue, he talks to Sue all the time. I just want to know what was Sue thinking through that whole process? Yeah. If he can shed us light on that. Um, let's do 59. And why did the Jets take the offer off the table? Ooh. I still don't get that. I mean, I understand why to save face and they probably thought he wasn't going to come there but why though like who cares like the Jets like were they afraid to be embarrassed because of the Kirk Cousins thing I mean the Kirk Kirk Cousins and Sue didn't just turn down the Jets because they were like oh the Jets they're horrible no they're two guys that are at the point of their career where okay yeah they made a ton of money Mm. so the extra two or three million oh the Jets offered them more than everybody else no they are at the point of their career where they can kind of pick and they want to be in a position where they can win now and the Jets have question marks Jets might be number one in the most confusing offseason power rankings they openly say they're going to pay Kirk Cousins they offer them more they don't get them then they come out there they trade from six to three Todd Bowles down in Florida comes out and says well we didn't really do this for anyone in mind there's seven guys we like, to which yeah. everyone said, well, then you could have stayed at six, Todd. Right. And now they come out well, and they pull the contract. Crap, of course. But, yeah. but I'm just saying, man, a lot of mixed messages going on in the media for the N- the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Gotcha. 59. Fendrick. I got nothing. Skinny. 59s. Man. Okay. I'm going to go Roosevelt Colvin. Yes. Okay. You like that one? Danny Trevathan. When yes. He, um, Wesley Woodyard. Yes. Um, Ooh, I'm on fire. What else? I got th- What are some old 59s? So Seth Joyner. Yes. Philadelphia. Uh, let's see. Is there any other good 59s? Like just like just there's give- one in the game right now that ha- he even has a chant like a cheer. What? When he makes tackles. Oh shit! This is yeah. gonna hurt my heart. It is. Yeah. We'll get to it. Here are the guys that you're probably not going to know too much. Nick Vigil of the Bengals, Jeremiah George of the Colts, Joe Walker of the Eagles, Marquise Flowers, Reggie Raglan. You got Woodyard, you got Trevathan, Devondre Campbell, Mm. Whitney Merciless. Damn. Those are Luke Holy crap. The last three, I should be embarrassed that I missed those. That's okay. Uh, some all-timer guys. Matt Blair was a linebacker on the Vikings in the 70s and 80s. Donnie Edwards, yeah. linebacker on the Chargers and Chiefs, attractive guy. Right. He was like if Junior Seau was like five inches taller, but not as good. <laughs> I just I, Donnie Edwards was great on Madden. Yeah. That's how I remember him. Apparently uh, handsome, too. D'Amico Ryans, Roosevelt Colvin, Dat Wynn, uh, yeah. Mike Mamula, Seth Joyner. You're the two that you should know. Yeah. London Fletcher. Oh, my gosh. Damn. It affected you that much. That did. I mean, especially because I worked with him. Like, I knew he was a 59. Damn. And the last one is the Hall of Famer, Jack Ham. Oh, good old Jack. Linebacker for the Steelers. Good old Jack the We Hamm. do have a little bit of breaking news, Oh, Sims. do we? There is a trade <laughs> in the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> the Jaguars got themselves a quarterback. Care to guess who is going to be backing up Blake Bortles? Damn. I'm, I am dumbfounded. This is why I didn't tell you before. This is good. Damn, I haven't gone on the internet Don't the last... Look. Okay, Don't fine. Look. Like, you, okay, there has been a trade. 
What if I told you? Let me fill up the teams. <laughs> no, that Blake Bortles is your 70th best quarterback. And to completely avoid being told that their backup is better than their starter, they have traded for your 71st quarterback, Cody Kessler. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I kind of think they looked at the Sims list and they're like, look, he said 71, so Bortles is technically better than Cody Kessler. Blake Bortles is the best quarterback on his team now. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, Cody Kessler will still throw it better than him, though, just so you know. <laughs> just so you know. Do you are, you, Ron, are you shocked? Are you, what are you feeling? I'm right not now? shocked. No, they have obviously are doing <laughs> everything they can. Not only, uh, again, they've made the right moves in the offseason. They've done a they've really good job. Great moves. They really have. And they, they've helped his chances of even improving and going forward. Yes. But I'm not shocked. No, we talk about this all the time. I mean, it's, it's the new thing in the NFL. There's no quarterbacks in the league, but we won't make any backups that are talented to our other franchise type quarterback because we don't want him to feel threatened. I mean, that you know, Titans- if he feels that threatened, then he probably doesn't deserve to be the starter. That's that's what I would the say. The Titans Dolphins game was the perfect example of that last year. Where like right. Matt Castle came in and we were like, "You're telling me that you you felt comfortable with this guy because, in the words of Big Phil, right. he can break the huddle yeah. and he can he's do good all on these, the board. He's, he's good, good the on the board. Room. But then when we get on the field, yeah, nothing. No, I know. And I, we we talked about this for long, the fact that Matt Schaub is playing this long. Yeah, I, Matt Schaub, great locker room right. guy. But when are we ever going to put guys in there to challenge That's the, the starter? Problem. That's why I refuse to hear that. I, I say it to my coach friends sometimes, too. Like, I just don't want to hear it. Don't tell me about it. It's You You guys are at fault. I mean, it's you. Don't yeah. tell me. You're the one that lets Matt Schaub hang around for four extra years. I mean, the last time he got in the field, he was like the pick-six king of football. But he still—we trust him. He, he played. In 2008, he hit the check down, and he hit Andre Johnson. He's good still. Yeah. Like, I just—that drives me crazy. I know. And then I watch Alex Smith— where he gets challenged from Patrick Mahomes, and he had one of his best years last year right. because he had a young guy chomping at the bit behind sure, him. Sure, right. I, I think there is some benefit to I, that. I would agree. I, I mean, think that Carson Wentz and Nick Patriots drafted Drew Bledsoe. I mean, had Drew Bledsoe and drafted Tom Brady. I mean, yes. they weren't like, oh, let's get somebody that doesn't throw it as hard as Drew because yeah. we want to make Drew. This has been good. a theme of our show for. I know. Do you what? think there's an Ernie Adams in Jacksonville who's sitting in a room with the Sims list and just kind of figuring out how to stack <laughs> quarterbacks? I feel like that's probably what the Jaguars. Ernie Adams is doing. <laughs> I don't know if there is one. There are Ernie Adams. I, I Ernie mean, Adams. Like, <laughs> there are Ernie Adams is like Tom. It's Tom Coughlin. Oh, it I is mean, Tom I Coughlin. Think, okay. I guess so. I mean, and I Tom's see, not looking at your list. No, definitely not. Tom is so regimented that if he needed an Ernie Adams and he became that guy, couldn't you see him that he has like a hat on the desk and he's like, well. I should talk to Ernie. And like puts the hat on. He goes, you're right, Tom. You're like, all right, great. I nailed that one. Awesome. Uh, all right. You were down the owner's meeting. I was there. You're down there in Orlando. Yep. It was a late call for you. You're coming back, though, right, Josh? Yeah, I'll be back in 20 okay. minutes. Don't worry. Um, you go down there. You get to hang out with I'm your friends my water. and stuff. Yep. What uh, What was your big takeaway? What is the owner's meeting? The, all I see is the coach picture right. where Andy Reid wears a floral shirt and everyone else looks uncomfortable. But what is the event like? Love Andy Reid, first of all. Oh, he's my man. guy. Yeah, my guy. Uh, but no, all together, uh, the, I think the owner's meeting, it, it's, a, it's a really cool event, actually. It was really cool to be there. Basically, like the Ritz-Carlton there in Orlando, Florida, is overrun by the owners, the head coaches, the GMs. And their families, their families get to come along as well. So gotcha. there's tons of kids running around. So, uh, but it, again, it's a, I think a chance. Of course, league meetings. The owners are going to vote on things. Coaches are going to. They have to go to meetings to be informed about you know whatever Rule changes or whatever rules or even the state of the league. Whatever they had more meetings than they liked. I can yeah. tell you that much. Um, but. 
again, it's just a great place to, again, I think, guys, you get to be around the other teams, head coaches, GMs, mm. so back-channel connections. Uh, but more than anything, I think it's a chance for the teams and their top you know, their top ballers in their organizations, their head coach, their GMs, their owners, and some other people to get together and spend some quality time, too. Right. And I think that's a big thing. That, and you get, like I said, some conversation about the trade world and whatever it might be. That's why all this that's Odell stuff's coming Exactly up. Right. right. Let me ask you this. Yeah. So you've talked a lot of crap about certain people. Yeah. Any awkward moments? Oh, I certainly I, – I mean, one of my biggest fears walking into that hotel on Monday morning, I was like, damn – there's a few coaches that might not like me. I mean, aka the Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought about man, you know, uh, my man Caldwell down yeah, there. He, he might see me and the things I've said about Did you Blake see him? Portals. Yes, <laughs> and I said hello to him, and he said like, "Hey, Chris." And then I feel like he was like, "Why did I say hey to hide him?" I don't even know why. I saw Mike McCarthy, which feel, you've always slammed their offense. I slammed their offense, and I even told some Green Bay people there. I, I I did say this to them flat out. I was like, "Yeah, I slam your offense. I'm sorry." I was like, I really like Mike McCarthy, the head coach. He's a good head coach. I just said the Very offense good situational stinks. Football. I'm sorry. I yeah. just said, I, and and that was it. But I feel like he was a guy that, like, when he saw me, he was like, he looked the other way. He didn't want any any conversation or friendly banter there. And I know you guys had like a big like dinner thing on Monday. Well, they night? have like a a gathering on Monday night on like the lawn of the hotel. And again, the kids, the wives are there, the kids are there. So not only is there like screens of like NFL stuff, but on it was like a huge lawn. There was two huge screens of like a kid movie play. Yeah. And they, they have like a white picket fence around it. So like the kids are locked in there to watch the movie. <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah, kind of cocktails, food stations, yeah. things like that, a chance to mingle. Yeah. And it, it really was cool. It really was. Did I you mean, get to hang out with Kyle? I got to hang out with Kyle. I got to see so many old friends and old faces. It was uh, truly great. Like whether it was Brian Glazier, the owner of the t- yeah. uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I haven't seen the Glazier family in a while. For them to come over, say hello, you know, see Mike Tomlin, yes. talk to him. How's uh, he doing? Mike T is the man. I mean, he really is. I just. Like, what I, do you guys talk about when you're hanging out with Tom? Gosh, he's just a he's just a man's man, and we talk. I mean, he's a he wants to talk football. He wants to talk football. Yes. So, what kind of questions does he ask you? He doesn't ask me a whole lot. It's just really kind of. I it's it wasn't like we were one on one. You were like you were like Sean Davis. I knew he was going to be a baller in college. <laughs> I mean, what's the deal with that clock management at the end of the Patriots game, Tom? Yes, that, was, that was Mike, unfortunate. Mike no, uh, and like Mike T, I, th- I feel like it's the kind of guy that like n- would know that I might have like been critical of that and he doesn't care and yeah. he, he'll make his own comments in his own way I'm going to keep those private to okay. where like I felt like he was like referring a few times like hey I heard what you said oh really yeah I heard what you said but you ain't in my shoes and it ain't as easy as you think of that's course not. basically like which I respect about what was him. it like seeing your uh, your old stepdad my old stepdad yeah John Gruden <laughs> That was awesome seeing JG. Really? Yes. What was his reaction I have to seeing two JGs. You? There's John Gruden and Jason Garrett. So I, I say I call them both JG. And Garrett's like the nicest guy ever. The Garrett's nice. like Chris. Can I get you anything? <laughs> I mean, you want me to get your drink? He's literally. I mean, almost is that nice. That's why I um, think people don't like him in Dallas. I, it's too nice. I, I would agree to a degree. It, but Gruden, I want to tell you about yeah, Gruden. Gruden. I mean, the man. I mean, Gruden. He's wearing his white collared shirt. I feel like he wore that the whole time. I think he did. 
and he, he was the like, same shirt buttons, for three days. Buttons are unbuttoned, and he's walking around a little gold chain, and has a playbook with him. So this is the thing I found interesting, and I don't think he cares that I'm going to share this. You know, we had we had good laugh, good talks. We talked about some things in the drafts, and I, I can't share all that. But then no, Sims is getting mad, shefty on us. But right I, well, there's some things I got to keep private because then John Gruden's not going to talk to me ever again, right. and then I won't have anything to ever share on the podcast. But uh, you know, the one thing I learned from John, and I think he. Have no issue talking about this is the simplifying of his offense. I think that was a really mm. cool combo because he basically went around. Um, you know, he's been doing TV for the last what yes. ten years, and you know, between the fact that of course he has a relationship with his brother and Kyle Shanahan and McVeigh, and they have found ways to simplify his and verbiage. Modify, yeah, and of course he's taking into account he's going around to colleges and seeing some of these college kids at the QB Gruden camp and all that. He's learning their language, and he's also realizing like receivers are not on the same level they used to be as far as knowing offenses. And this was your big question about Gruden. Could, and, would he adjust? And this is why. So he's adjusting for sure. And you could tell. Oh, I know. He spoke could you tell if it was hard on him? Well, this is why he was, he was carrying around the playbook because he's sitting in these meetings quizzing himself. So he can continue to learn the language because he's had one language he's known his whole life. Yeah. So you got to understand this. It's like okay, he's been an expert in Spanish, other as his second language. And now he's created. Now this he's trying Spanish, to learn Italian language. Exactly right. Yeah. And now it's like so he's got to like get it in his brain so he can spit it out when he wants. Man, I thought that was really interesting. And I think you know he's got in mind not only free agents coming there so they can pick it up quickly, yeah. but the draft kids and of course teaching it. And he's going absolutely insane. You he's, could tell already. Oh, he's going. It's the first thing he said to me. Oh, I don't know. I'm just just waiting to when I can meet my quarterback and like teach him the offense. Yeah. Oh, he just wants to get in. He's so going bad. insane. I mean, he's going. I, I got a he's new teaching job. Himself, but he needs to teach them. That's going to help him teach himself, and he wants to just get on the field and yeah. see his players and Man. meet some of these guys. He's got a he's got a draft to worry about, so he's got to see can this guy retain stuff or and do he I has to... all the power right now? Yes, I he mean, does. All the moves that are coming out, it's no longer Reggie McKenzie. No, I would Rudin's say John the has the yeah. yes right. When you get a ten year million dollar contract right. I kind of think you have the biggest voice in the room no doubt about it and I think you know even if you look at their introductory press conference I mean they kind of yes. alluded to that Reggie was kind of like I'm gonna work with John build his team see what but, his vision look, is that's honestly how it should be it should be right that's what they did in yeah. Seattle right Schneider and Carroll work together exactly right. uh who's the who's the big dog Bill Belichick now he doesn't go to the photo Bill Belichick I don't know why he was. Bill does whatever he wants. First of all, it's really funny to have to see NFL head coaches have to be on meetings that are not their own, right? Because they don't get there on time. They're just like the <laughs> they're players. Not, they're not the college. They're five just like the players. Like, yeah, they're just they're, like I don't know, man. Oh, we're supposed to go to a you know a Monday morning brunch, and I see like I'm doing the show on Pro Football Talk yeah. on NBC, and it's like seven forty-five, and I know the breakfast started at seven, and I'm seeing a parade of coaches just walk by, like all rushing, like doing their tie as they're going yeah. by, and they like wave to Who's me. The the most stylish coach. Ooh, wait. Were you going to go more Belichick there? I was going to okay, go. Go Belichick. Well, just because like this is one story. Like Belichick is the, he's the Godfather. Of course, there's no doubt. I mean, he's the man. Um, it's got a handful of but, rings. But I had a I had uh, I heard like at that little gathering on Monday night, there was some coaches who were telling story about Belichick walking into one of the meetings, 
Uh, they for the coaches' meeting. It was like a meeting, yeah. It was like a State of the Union. This is what's going on in right. the league, whatever right. it may be. And I, th- this, there was a speaker up there, but nobody like that we would know the name of, right? This was just the guy that was going to talk about this one area of the NFL. And the story is that a few of my co- the coach friends, they were talking about it. I was just listening. But basically, Belichick walked into the meeting like 15 minutes late, and he's got you know his huge backpack on. Which he and, always carries. And the guy's in mid, you know, explaining what it is, and Belichick walks in, and as he's getting to his seat, the guy's telling the story and he goes oh, I don't know if I agree with that and the, the, coaches, right away. the coaches are saying he's not even looking at this guy's talk but he's raising his hand going this is how they were impressed I don't know if I agree with that and he starts giving out now without even looking and he's still unpacking his bag and saying he's arguing the points the guy's making and they were laughing basically because they said the speaker got all flustered was like that's a good point we'll get back to that and then it, it just tells you he what he do whatever is. he wants well and he's just out of this world brilliant. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. What you said there that I love is, this is my theory, Right. really intelligent people are really bad at eye contact. Right. Really bad. Right. The people that I meet that are brilliant cannot look me in the eyes. Yeah. You look me right in the eyes. Yep, I'm pretty stupid. Yeah, we know. That's why <laughs> I gaze into those things. Uh, I want to say this, too. Uh, Andy Reid, yeah. that coaching tree. Yeah. Think about this. Uh-huh. Peterson uh, Harbaugh in Baltimore, Rivera, McDermott, Nagy, Shermer, and Bowles. Andy and his tree make up a quarter of the league now. So we've always talked about all these quarterback, these coaching, coaching trees. One fourth of the NFL is Andy Reid and his assistants. That's amazing. And you can even add in, like, you, you could semi almost like give John Gruden like a limb of that tree. Does that all go under Holmgren? It goes all under Holmgren, okay. yes. Well, but those guys t- coached under Reid. Like, right, Gruden, they coached under Gruden Reed. was Holmgren, Mary. Right. Um, Mariucci was Mariucci Holmgren, was right, Holmgren. Right. but Reed was the offensive coordinator, so yeah. they were all under him. But, but but yes, it is amazing. All right, let's talk Odell. Oh, let's talk it. So uh, so many rumors about Odell. We got into it before, uh, but now's where it's getting interesting. Yeah, Schefter came out today. We are doing this on a Wednesday. Yeah. Giants are looking for at least two first rounders for Odell, even though the team denies shopping him. Schefter also said today, "quote I would not be shocked if we see an Odell Beckham." trade on or before the draft. Mm -hmm. That matters to me because these newsbreakers don't like to get scooped. And if they know that they think a trade's going to happen, they're going to say, I'm feeling like something's going to happen so that when it does, they can go, yeah, but like I warned you guys two weeks ago. Yes. What is your percent that you think Odell gets traded? I think it's 50-50. Wow. I'm going to say right at the line. I think so. I mean, I think it could go either way. I, I mean... Do you think a team would give up two first-round picks for Odell? Yeah, I do. Would you? I think I'll I'll tell you this. I told you this beforehand. Okay. If I'm, it's the right team, the money situation. Again, it's the two first rounds is is rich. It really is because you have to take into account you have to sign him to a twenty million dollar contract. Yeah, you're giving up your future, right. and you're giving up a like a huge. You're going to give up like like ten percent of 10% your ten percent of your entire salary cap exactly to one guy. Right, exactly right. So you are kind of making him the face of your franchise, yes, unless you, are. you already have a face. And we've already talked about there is no face more famous than right. Odell's face, right? And and I think what's funny too. Let's just visit this real quick. Is the timeline of this conversation okay? So first of all, it comes out that. 
he's he could be traded, right? He's no, nobody's untouchable. And John Mara makes those comments on Sunday when he first got to the league. Right. Like it was after the JPP trade, right? He's, he's saying, saying nobody's, nobody's untouchable. You're like this, and I'm sick of talk answering questions about Odell. Beckham Monday Jr. morning, Rappaport reports that Odell is not going to step foot on the field. That's right. the next thing. So right? there's the next thing. That's his way of fighting back. Yes. Now the Giants go. Well, our main concern is we'd like to re-sign him and, and do that. And then they're saying things like, he's on the roster, Gettleman comes out, and they ask him about that like really weird right. video, goes, all I saw was the pizza. Right. Like, they kind of said all these things to get on his side, right. and then Mara came out later and was like, we're not doing this. I don't want to answer questions about him being traded now. Yes, because I think that my, my, my connecting dots on that conversation yes. would be that they got a flood of phone calls, and they were like, oh my gosh, wait. From the rest of the NFL. Maybe he's better than we think he actually Didn't is. Didn't you say that you had a lot of people asking well, you about I, Odell? I, I did. I, well, you know, yes, some of, like, the, of course, it was a huge conversation. So it just came up all the time, the Odell thing. And the like, Od- coaches are coming to me like, what have you heard about there, him in the locker well, room? Well, I had some coaches definitely ask me, like, hey, do you know anything about him? I know you know the Giants, and yeah. do you know any of the players? What do they say about him? So that's where I could offer some. Yeah, doing a little bit of test in the waters. Yeah, they just want to figure out what the guy is, right? right. So I Told them, and of course, you, I know you know some things, and and but but really, the things you hear from players, and this is, I have more than four players that have told me about Odell Beckham Jr. as a player in the locker room. He's loved. I mean, it's unanimous. The players love Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, just to throw out a few names, whether it was Justin Pugh or Brandon Marshall, right? And the list is longer than that. Along with other people in the Giants organization that I know really like Odell Beckham Jr. So my thing is that I think they got a flood of phone calls, and they went, oh. My my gosh, okay, wait, we don't want to trade him. And then I think they also thought about, whoa, okay, well now we have to raise the stock price. And that's where today it becomes the two first-rounders. because they're not actually looking. Because there's, they realize there's an actual legit market. And then what came into the conversation that I found the most cool about the OW, you know me, I put myself out there with comments all the time. That's what I do. And, and not, not to make waves. I'm not, to, no, this is, this is a private conversation yeah. with coaches again. And... I had a few just go like, you know, it came up and I just said, I don't know. I just said, listen, to me, Odell Beckham Jr. is like, I'm not even lying, guys. I said, he's the greatest receiver I've ever seen. And yeah, I had like multiple head coaches like agree with that statement. Like, I, I'm not going to argue there. Multiple head coaches in the NFL agreed with your take that it's the best receiver that you've ever seen in your life. Yes. Yes. What are their names? I can't tell you that. Man. But yes. I mean, you know me, I throw around that comment all the time. So it came up a few times over a two-day period where I was like, he's the greatest I've ever seen. Like he, He's the greatest route runner. He's the best after the catch. He's phenomenal 50-50 ball guy for a guy that's, what, 5'11", 6 foot? And added to the fact, this is what I always tell, imagine if he was in an offense that actually moved his position or did something with him other than run a go-route or a slant. Or an, I mean, an 11 personnel. Right. I mean, what would he do in some of the creative offenses that know how to use him? So yeah. that's where I that's where I always say to other coaches or GMs yeah. or other friends that I know. So, like, it comes out today, we're not actually shopping him, but the cost is two first-rounders. What, what is your – how do you think this goes? Like, where does it go from here? I think at the end of the day – Odell, by the way, I see a video on TMZ right? of him dancing to a song, and it says, like, leave me alone, which – we're reading too much into him dancing to a song, to yeah, be honest. Yeah. But listen, Odell, do my game plan. Put out a video of you working out tomorrow. Okay? That's what we need from you. Workout videos. Yeah. But how do you think this whole thing unfolds? I think at the end of the day, if you just made me bet, I just think the price of what they're asking, I think 
The Who fact are- that he loves New York, mm. I just think he'll still end up staying here in New- with the New York Giants, and they're going to find a way to give him a long-term contract. That would be my bet. One of the main things we're getting tweeted right now right. is tell Chris yeah. to call Kyle and trade for Odell. Yeah. Well, get him with Jimmy Garoppolo. I, that would be awesome. I yes. mean, trust me, I said that to Kyle. You I was did. like, dude. <laughs> I was like, Odell Beckham Jr. in your offense? You got to get him. Yeah. I was like, I think he's better than Julio. And he looked at me and I was like, yeah, I said that. I think he's better than Julio. And what did he say? And he was like, wow, okay. You know, like, <laughs> maybe I'll think about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, that's why it's just, I plain out said it to Kyle because I was like, damn, you got Jimmy Garoppolo. You, you guys have money to spend. So it makes sense. They have a, t- a ton yes, of salary right, cap. Right. But he's not going to tell me those kind of things. That's no. not where our. No. And again, I don't want to know those things from Kyle. I've told you this. Like, yeah, Just with the it, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. thing. That one came out to be I true. was right. I know I was yeah, right. Yeah, that story came out. Yeah. That he was actually upset. That's why he I didn't Kirk ask Kyle. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah, you just knew that one. I know. I know Kyle. So, I think I think he's getting traded. You think he's going to get traded? That's your bet? I, yeah. think that, I think that someone's going to come forward. I think if somebody traded a first, third, and a seventh for Percy Harvin, yeah. I think they're going to get two firsts for Odell. Yeah. I think that don't, this is the thing that I don't understand. Right? Oh, it's all this distraction. Oh, we're going to be paying them all this money. The amount of merchandise and sales and ticket sales and all that that you get from having Odell, just if I'm running a business, right. I feel like that outweighs the salary. Like I feel you pay him twenty million a year, but I feel like Odell brings in the franchise fifty million a year, yeah. if not more. Right. I just think from a business, it's too good, and also like. Man, if you can get a motivated Odell Beckham Jr. upset against the New York Giants, yes, yeah. I want him on my team. And Gabe is over here just, just crying. Dissimilar. And, and, and I want to say this. Maybe the Super Bowl <clears throat> has softened me up. But if, if the New York Giants and Odell can't figure this out, and Odell has to go somewhere else, I really feel bad for Giants fans. Yeah. Because truly it's be the, it would be the ego and the lack of self-discipline of the Giants organization. For them to not be able to handle all the questions and not be able to handle it. I always thought players couldn't handle the Big Apple. But apparently the Giants can't handle having a famous player in the Big Apple. Yeah. And that's what I don't understand. I got you. With all these quarterbacks, Josh Rosen might talk too much to be in the big city. Really? Well, it's your job as a franchise yeah. to put a structure around them so that they're protected. Right. And I, to me, it, it just seems like the organization themselves, this, this city's too big for them. Well, last thing I'll say on this subject, let's just not forget this, everybody out there. Odell Beckham Jr. has power in this trade. This Whoever trades for him, they have to know that Odell Beckham Jr. Right. and his agent are willing to sign a long-term contract. If they're not, like if the Cleveland Browns call and go, we'll give you our next five first-round picks, yes. and he goes... That's great, but I'm only going to be there for one year. I'm not staying long-term with you. That's never going to happen. It really does feel like a big home run hitter being traded, like the MLB deadline or like a big-time score at the NBA. It's like you could get him for a long-term deal, but you're not giving up all that for one season. Man, this is where I look at— I don't think he's going to step on the field if he doesn't I I don't think so either. And that's where I I look at the Giants. This is another area where I think they dropped the ball. Like when he got hurt last year, that's exactly when they should have offered him a long-term deal. Like offered him like $18 a year Mm -hmm. going forward. Even though you got hurt we still love you here's yeah, the here's your money and move. we're gonna get you for like two million dollars less a year sue goes to the rams Bam. unbelievable you came out right away and you said look in and sue aaron donald the best dt duo in nfl history I, and i read some of the comments underneath that i was just shocked with how many people disagreed with that i just i don't i'm even shocked get, that you went and read the comments i don't know why i did but i scrolled down and i was like wait 
people don't think that. And then what's funny? It's all Sue. Everyone thinks that Sue's. Overrated. I know. And then when I, what's funny though is when the trade happens, I go on NFL.com or ESPN, whatever. Maybe the greatest defensive tackle duo ever. And I want to be like, what? So, I'm going to read you some duos that people tweeted at us that they said were better. Yeah. You tell me if they are. Okay. Uh, Mike Mc. McElrath. Yeah. Sapp and McFarlane are the best duo ever, period. Negative, Ghost Rider. Uh, it's a good one. But Zach, they weren't even on the field together that much. BeanZK77, false. Kevin and Pat Williams. Hashtag Skull. Come on. I mean, they're good. They're really awesome. But, I mean, we're, we're talking about, like, just go ahead. Keep going. Eek Pump, Sam Adams and Pat Williams with Buffalo. Big, big guys. But, I mean, you're going to put... Pat William. I mean, just think of these names we're talking about right now. Pat Williams has been here twice. Uh, This is from Darby Green. Merlin Olsen and Rosie Greer. Best tackle duo ever. It's a pretty good one. I can't say that I've sat there and studied the film on those two. Uh, The Four Horsemen of the L.A. Rams. But I know they were awesome. Yes, maybe. I mean, that had to be be an an older man that sent that one in. (laughs) Maybe you've been watching the 75 to 78 Raiders because Shea, Real Shea 307, submitted Otis Sistrunk and Ted Hendricks. Otis, Sistrunk, and Ted in trucks. That's awesome. People are coming at you with some fire duos, man. They are good. Don't they're, they're not wrong. I will why, say that. Why do you think we have this as a society a weird view of Sue? Why is this guy that was drafted third came in was like an All Pro immediately? He became known notoriously for stepping on people and being a little bit dirty, and because of that, he has been given this thing where we don't look, we neglect his talent and only look at his demeanor. Right. I just don't understand how people can't see what he does every game is special. Yeah. is because he had four and a half sacks last year, but they I, don't realize hmm. the fuck the playoffs test. I don't. I, I do think that there's a huge part of that. Yes. And the fact that he's just kind of been, he was up in Detroit. He got lost in the shuffle up there. They weren't very good. They couldn't get in the playoffs. And they blame he's, him for that. He's stepping on people's calf muscles and, you know, body slamming certain quarterbacks and doing that stuff. But. Again, what year are we in this? What year is this for Endomicon uh, Sue? I'm going to pull this up right now. I'm a little. He came out. Oh, here we go. I think 2009. I'm getting to it now. Sorry. 2010. 2010s is rookie 2010. year. Okay, so uh, I'm just going to put it this way. I mean, we all. It sounds like everybody knows that Aaron Donald's the man, but I'm just going to try to explain that Endomicon Sue was the Fletcher Cox or the Aaron Donald of the football before these two came along. I mean, hence the reason he got a $115 million contract from the Dolphins. They didn't give him that contract because they were like, damn, you're pretty average. We're going to give you 115 If you were good, we would have gave you $130. Um, so he was unblockable human being. I mean, unblockable. He yeah. is truly one of the most unblockable man-to-man D-tackles the sport has ever seen. And like you said, it comes up to the just fuck the play-up stat. Yes. And there is no stat for that. But I would say from 2010, 11, 12, 13, and really 14, before he got paid by the Dolphins, he was without a doubt, everybody out there, without a doubt the number one interior defensive lineman in football and was definitely in the conversation for the best defensive player in football, hands down. So that's why I say it's the greatest of all. And then he went to the Dolphins, and is it as good that we won? No, but it's still awesome. He's being held to a standard that I think is a little unfair.
So apparently they're going to be playing this 3-4. Is Sue playing the nose now? It's like... Because that kind of negates a lot of his best abilities, I thought. Yeah, but he can do both, and it's not a true nose. They don't play a true 3-4. Okay. Like, the nose tackle doesn't go head up on the center. How are Donald and Sue going to line up? I think think they could be one of those, it depends on the strength of the formation, where... I don't necessarily look at it and go, ooh, I think Wade Phillips is going to make Ndamukong Sue the shade doze and Aaron Donald the three technique. No, I think that that could be at the strength of the offenses on the left side. Donald might be the three technique to that yeah. side, and Donald's the but the the strengths of the right side. You might see Donald at the three technique. I also get the I, feeling I mean, uh, Sue at the three and Donald at the. I the get shade the feeling knows. too because when you look at their D line, Brockers is probably the third best D lineman, including defensive ends. Yeah, I could see all three of those guys playing together. Put all three on the line. Good luck running. Yeah, they definitely you know, and could. then figure out who you're putting on the other side. Right, and then let Donald and Sue do the pass rush. They can do the pass rush, and let's not forget Wade Phillips is a very creative blitzer as well. So he's probably not as concerned with having the outside edge guy when he has these two. And again, I just will say it one more time. Uh, to me, the value of interior pass rush. Uh, I think is starting to finally be seen more and more throughout the NFL. They're starting to go, wait, the hell with the guys getting on the out on the edge all the time. Quarterbacks are really screwing up and making bad decisions when they have people in their face. Joining Aaron Donald is Indomitian Sue, Marcus Peters, Akib Talib. Right. Better defense. Jaguars or Rams? Mm. I'm still going to go with the Jags. Better defense. Eagles or Rams? Hmm. I'm going to go the Rams. Better defense, Rams or Vikings? Yeah. Are the Rams now the second best defense in the NFL? Yeah, it's close. That Rams-Vikings one is close. I'm going to say that they are. Wow. Okay, yeah. so they're up there. They are up there. Because then, uh, the thing we're forgetting, you know what I think. I think Lamarcus Joyner's awesome. Yes. Okay. And Wade Phillips. And Wade Phillips is awesome. Let's give Jordan Schultz a call back there. Let's dial him up. Let's see what he's got to say, Mr. Energy. We're going to limit him a little bit just because that man can go. Yeah, and we got to call Big uh, And Big Phil. Phil. Okay. Yeah, I just think the whole, uh, you know, it feels a little dream teamy. Do you think that they could mesh together right away? Well, uh, this is one thing. I'm glad you just brought this up again. I'm very, uh, I think it's very smart on the Rams. Hold on one second. Schultz, one second. I think it's very smart in the Rams to only sign him to a one-year deal. So they can try him out. So keep him motivated. Also, you sign him to a three-year deal, and he is a locker room cancer. Then that cancer can spread throughout the locker room if he's there for more than one year. This is going to be a good trial period, make him prove it thing, and he should be on his best behavior behavior because he's going to want to sign a long-term after this. If there's one guy that's going to know what he's really like as a human, it's going to be our guy, Jordan Schultz. Mr. Schultz, how you feeling, pal? Fluffy and Chrissy. <laughs> what up, Schultzy? <laughs> all right, Schultz, man. Gotta you were all. Hold on. I, I just I want to interrupt because I was in Orlando with Chris and I saw him. The guy was so disrespectful to me in front of multiple people. <laughs> and, uh, in what way? Oh, what did he do? Well, I you know I you know listen. I, I don't want to get into specifics. But I go up to him, and you know he's got he's got somebody with him. You know, a buddy of his, and you know he just starts. He just starts calling me out for a multitude of things. And the only reason I'm doing this, this, this stupid podcast is because of Adam. Oh, thank you, Schultz. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. That's no, very nice. Thank you. you. You've of been, course. 
You're, you're, you know what I called him out about? What? I, I I can't remember how the context went, but I was like, don't you worry. I know what your apartment looks like in, That's pretty dumb. in New York City. That's pretty dumb. Jordan's the man. I he love Jordan. Man. He's got great kids. He's got a great wife. He's the man. He's great. Jordan, you are seemingly, in my mind, the Northwest American reporter, where anyone that comes from that region, Jordan knows. And I feel like you've been talking with Sue a long time. You kept America abreast of a situation, giving updates when he was in Tennessee in New Orleans. Why do you think he ended up with the Rams? And what do you think when you hear people saying that he could be a cancer for that locker room? Well, I think the Rams presented him clearly with an opportunity to contend, fellas, which is something we know he hasn't had an opportunity to do in both Miami and Detroit. He He's from Portland. He was, I think, certainly enthused by the fact that he could play close to home, be on the West Coast. L.A. presented an opportunity to pursue opportunities beyond football. And he he felt like when he took his visit that he immediately connected with the staff. So that's Sean McVay, that's Leslie, the GM, and, and maybe most importantly, Wade Phillips, the defensive coordinator, right. who, who told him, you know, we're going to move you around because, listen, this is a 3-4. It's a non-traditional 3-4, though. And, Chris, you can speak more to this um, uh, than, than me, but – his ability to play on the nose. You can right. move him opposite Aaron Donald. They also have Michael Brockers there. So he, he liked the idea of being you know, moved around and being versatile, yep. where he didn't have to always be double-teamed, which has certainly been an issue throughout his career. Right. Because um, Aaron Donald really is that good. And I think lastly, you know, just the culture of the, of the building, he felt really comfortable there. All right, so that you were just Sims was just talking about the three four yeah. and stuff, but I to me it kind of feels a little Duranty, and that's what I've tried to said to to said to you Sims about Durant is here's a guy in Sue who's had to carry the weight of every franchise's D line he's had to go to, and now he's going. You're telling me I get to ball with another baller, right? And finally, I get to get some single yeah. teams. It's still not as bad as Durant. Okay, I mean he, <laughs> he wasn't on the team that had the. Had them down 3-1, okay? <gasps> and didn't join the greatest team we've ever seen in the sport. So, sorry, uh, but I know what you mean. It's, it's a tough also, point for him, Schultz. <laughs> football, Chris, is so much different because there's so many more players. 11, right. 5. And, exactly right. But, but he, he, he just, like, I, I thought the whole way, um, or at least after the Rams, I, I felt like they they had taken the lead in this thing. And I'm, I don't think he would have gone to New York anyway, even if they hadn't. The oh, yeah. What happened really with that, Schultz? What happened with the whole Jets situation? Well, he they, they came in late. He was he had visited Tennessee, New Orleans, and then L.A. Um, New Orleans first, then Tennessee and the Rams. And then the Jets came in late, and, and there were Dallas was interested. You know, Seattle was interested. There were other teams interested, but the yeah. Jets, without actually making a visit, said, you know, we're going to offer you a tremendous amount of money, and here's how we're going to use you. And they sent him you know, a series of texts of, of basically, and, and Todd Bowles was involved with this, of here's how we envision, envision using you in our 3-4, which is different mm. than Wade Phillips'. Is. Um, and he was intrigued because it was New York. Um, he liked Todd Bowles. But when they rescinded the offer, I think, you know, that kind of brought him back to square one. But I, I don't, I, I never really got the sense he was going to New York. How much bigger was the Jets' offer than that one-year 14 that he got with the Rams? You know, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I don't know exactly what okay. the offer was, other than the fact that it was significant. It was bigger than the other three, and that it was it was big enough to where 
it was like each one of those three teams knew without question that if it came down to just money, they had no chance. Schultze, uh, and you don't have to answer this, but I'd like you to. Um, who came in second, you think, behind the Rams? Like, what was the next team he was thinking? You know, who did you think it came down to? I I felt like he was he, he liked New Orleans yeah. a lot as well because he he really vibed with Sean Payton. Of course, he did, and and he connected with um, you know that. Cam Jordan, he, he, who he did not see on the visit, but who he, who he liked a lot. Right. That would have been felt a like dynamic that. duo, too. Yep, him with Sheldon like Rankins, visit. too. Yeah, yeah. And he right. felt like that visit went really well with Dennis Allen. But then again, he also was like, you know, Tennessee made a great impression. You know, obviously, Mike Brable is there, new head coach. Yep. There was a lot of synergy there. Yes. So it's hard for me to say one or the other. I, right. I don't know. I, you're, I, just I saying like, gut, you're just saying gut feeling you felt like it was the Saints were second. You there? Me in five minutes. So is this a five-minute podcast? Yeah, no, I got one more for you then. You need to keep us up to date. The Cowboys go. They get Alan Hearns. And now there's talk from you that the Cowboys are getting ready to possibly move on from Dez. What are you hearing? Well, there's a post-June cut that, that – that's actually what happened with Sue, as an example, where that's what Miami did with him and it allowed him uh, to explore other options. And that's what Crabtree got with the Raiders, and that's how he was able to sign with Baltimore before the wide receiver market dried up. And I bring up Crabtree because I just don't understand why Dallas, frankly, hasn't cut him yet. But he said he has $16.5 million cap hit, and he's somebody that we know is not the Des Bryant that he was three, four years ago. He's not anywhere close to that. I mean, again, Chris is more adept speak to this on me but is he anywhere near what he was Chris? no no you're you're spot on if i thought you were totally wrong i would have butted in and told you to shut up so you're wait, right schultz you're what right. are you hearing then that you can guarantee that he's getting cut i mean there's no guarantees but i what i was told yesterday and then getting reaffirmed by a a, a veteran executive was that not with dallas but was that there's just no way considering they did assign hearns and and hearns is not I mean, he's he's a good player, right? He's, he's right. not yes. a great, true number one guy, but there's just no way, considering what they have coming up with Elliott and Dak, that they're going to ultimately feel like they can keep him. Now, I, I don't know why, because they could designate it now as a post you one and they could cut him. Right. It's a little strange that they haven't done it yet. But what I was told from two different people now is that there's just – it's the, the ability for them to keep it, the ability for them to keep Des and and the sensibility of it is just nuts. And that after the draft, assuming they get their guy Calvin Ridley from Alabama at nineteen, especially, mm. then that would make sense after the draft. And maybe there is some insurance of keeping him before, but I just don't think there's a situation where he ultimately ends up playing in Dallas next year. Right, Schultz, you're the man, bro. I appreciate you, dude. And I'm going to beat Sims's ass for you. Well, listen, you know, Chris is, he is who he is, and he's a bad guy. <laughs> Thanks, Schultz. I appreciate that. Love you, bud. You too. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. See you, dude. See you, Be brother. good, man.
That's that's Schultz's number one insult. Yeah, he goes, "You're a bad guy. You're a bad guy." <laughs> I like came up to him one time and I like had done some th- eh, whatever. He could say whatever he wants. I'll set the record straight. What happened? Okay, we were talking. He was talking to somebody else. I kind of butted in the car and said, "What's up?" Blah, blah blah. He said, "Hey, I'm in the middle of something right here. Can I can I come find you later?" <laughs> and he texted me like an hour later, like, "Where are you at?" And I was like, "I'm not far from where I saw you the last time, and I never heard from him again." So he's full of crap. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Do so you, I, I get the Des Bryant thing. Yeah, I mean, what do you think? I think that um, sounds like he's reading some tea leaves there. Well, yeah, he, I'm sure he has for some good info there. Yeah, but I, I think the big thing is just he's uh, yeah. I, I don't know if the Cowboys truly know yet. They might be trying to go. All right, so who else can we get at the position before we do this? And that's what makes sense. We'll right. wait and see what they do in the draft. Exactly. Yeah. So I think there's a few things that play out. Maybe they feel like maybe they can get a, a low level trade, something like that, that where he would sign a new deal with somebody else, whatever it may be. I think they're just ex- exhausting all their options. But I think at the end of the day, I, I'm with you. I think it will end up, or what Schultz said, being designated as a post-June 1 cut, which then takes the dead money from $8 million to $4 million, Right. And that's easier to deal with. Do you want to call your dad now? Yeah. Okay, let's do let's that. Let's just do it. Let's call Phil Sims. We're going to talk some broadcasting right now, and then Sims... Or should we just tease this quarterback thing to the next time? No. And then Chris Sims <laughs> is doing his new updated quarterback rankings. I wrote, went through your notes. I got them all down. You do. But yeah, we're going to talk to Phil. I don't hear you in my earphones right now, do you? No. Are no. you going to hear Phil? I don't know. Is anybody there? Are you guys hearing me? Yeah, we're hearing you. I'm hearing you. Okay. I don't hear you in my earphones. Phil? Yeah, I have no life. I just sit around and just wait for the phone to ring, and whenever y'all feel like calling me, just call me. You know, that's what it is. I'll... The best part is well, you, that day. joke gets better every week. Well, we, 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 we know you have no life. Stop stating yeah. that. I mean, yeah, I just Jesus talked to you on the phone, and you were, you were working out. I mean, you know. You narcissistic little guy. <laughs> I don't know what that's. You know what we uh, should talk about today? Adam, you and I should just talk, and let's talk about all the – Peculiar things about my son Christopher. All right, where that do you want to start? Sounds interesting. Well, what's that? <laughs> I where said, do you want to start? Sounds interesting. Let's do it. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, first off, his diet. My God, right? <laughs> I agree. What stands out to you about his diet? Oh my God, it's I, I don't know. I don't quite understand it. If I ate like that, I'd be in the hospital. So that's all I know. <laughs> all right. See, so his diet's weird. What's you know, second it's weird about your son? Hey, Adam, does he ever give in and like? take your suggestion or do it your way or does it always have to be his way no i've i get him quite a bit big phil i do really yeah well you know as the work wife what says what i say go you know (laughs) oh wow because that's one thing i've learned about the sims family is that you know if the wife speaks up you guys just back down (laughs) uh phil i got a question for you they say my wife says hey you ain't blood husband that's right i'm not blood blood. actually dad used to he used to say that to us as the kids he used to say that to us he'd be like well you know hey don't forget kids your mom and you your blood i'm not blood to her (laughs) that's right that's right so i'm I'm last on the list, but I'm used to it. So I just figured, you know, he treated you just like he treats us, Adam, but I guess he treats you a little better. You know, I so am whatever. quite special, Big Phil. Big Phil. You are special, brother. What's going on? What have All we right. got today? Let's see. I think you're an expert in two things, quarterback play and yeah. broadcasting. And there's a lot of shake-ups it's right now. too. In teaching, oh, I I'm saw great, yes. I saw you yes. teaching Brandon Winbush in, a, in an old video, and I really enjoyed it. It was in the the field right behind your house. Hold yeah, on. y'all's like the first time I ever yeah for Bleacher Report. It's, isn't that amazing? Right. First it time I good. ever met him, and I you remember know, meeting him and going, 
wow, I, he was going to be a, a, a junior that year, going into his junior year. And I said, hey, man, if you ever want to throw, you know, let me know. And I always was hoping he would call me. And he should have called me. Oh, yeah, he needs the call because I saw the video too, and he doesn't throw it the way he was throwing in that video with you. Like, I mean, and of course, he's going to get benched at Notre Dame for a kid that can throw the ball better than him. So, yeah, if Brandon Woodbish is out there, the Sims are offering free lessons once again. I love it. Well, you know, but you know, I always tell the, I, I got a lot of, my son Matt and I, you know, we're throwing with quite a few kids. And, and as I say to some of them, you know, what took so long? It's too late. You know, it's too mm. late. And, you know, let's, oh, well, I'm going to be a senior. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, right. Can I get a freshman? Yeah, just one time. Yeah, no, whatever. You're right. It's always a diverting disaster. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, oh, now, now I need you. Help me. I I have no other avenue. Help me out. Oh, great. Okay. No. Oh, by the <laughs> way, for both of you, we got a ton of tweets, and I got some texts saying that when Chris called into the podcast on Monday, he talks on the phone just like Big Phil talks on the phone. <laughs> oh, so really? apparently, you guys sound the same on the phone. <laughs> Gosh, I, you know, I've never really had anybody tell me we sound the same. There you go. I sure as the hell know we don't say the same thing. So, okay, that's one. <laughs> All right, so big you know, Phil. You team down there at the owners' meeting, you know, I was wondering some of those, I was watching as much as I could, and, you know, some of these coaches come on there probably looking at Christopher going, Man, you just crushed my ass during the season. Here, I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> I, trust me, Dad. I was. I, we already had a conversation about this in the podcast. There were certain coaches where I was like, uh-oh, I better, I'm ready to block his right jab just in case it comes here. Yeah, yeah. Lean, 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 little, lean a little to the right. Stay away from the right. That's it. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So, to your left. That's it. I know. I hear you. I love it. Big <laughs> Phil, I need, your, I need your broadcasting analysis. Number one, are you surprised that Peyton Manning turned down ESPN and Fox? You know, it was written about so much. I thought he was going to take one. Um, you know, you know, you know, for him, I'm glad he didn't. Mm, right. You know, man, well, why does he want to get into this this world? He doesn't have to. He wants to run a team, own a team, that type of thing. The problem is, there's just no teams out there up for grabs. Right. right. Carolina Panthers, of course, but we see that price tag. But you know, I, I would think that's what Peyton Manning would really like to do. Uh, so to go into broadcasting, then have to listen to what everybody says and every, uh, all that, and then to go to meetings and, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to say it's beneath him. Well, yeah, well, that's what is, you know. That's it's, what you used to say. Him. It is beneath him. It I, is beneath I, him. Yeah, right. It really is. Right. And it, it, you know, just whatever. You know, a fan base is going to hate him. They're going to hate the way he says something. This, all that stuff. It, he, he just doesn't need it. Right. He sure. talks about Tom Brady missing one throw, and they're like, look, he's hating on Tom Brady. See, he doesn't like Tom. Yeah, right. yeah that's right. right. Yeah, because you're right. A lot of his contemporaries are out there right. he played with, so it's kind of hard to go out there and really be honest and, and all that stuff. So, yeah. You know, good for him. I'm glad he didn't take it. Yeah. So, Big Phil, uh, the New York Post put out a list of possible color commentators for Thursday night football. You have covered all of these guys. You have been in meetings with all of these guys, and they're undoubtedly the the guy on the team that when you had to speak to one player, they were the ones being mentioned. And I'm curious, these are the names that they've said. Which ones stick out to you? Okay. Kurt Warner, Jason Witten, Joe Thomas, Greg Olson, Carson Palmer. Mm. That's what the New York Post put out. So apparently they enjoyed the Tony Romo experiment of taking a guy right from the league and put him in the booth. Of those five names, Kurt Warner, Jason Witten, Joe yeah. Thomas, Greg Olson, Carson Palmer. All right, well, good luck. 
good which one we want to know which one you think like you know we, like all of them can be good we know that so we're not yeah. trying to sit here and say any of them is going to be gonna crap sit there and say that they all can be good there's no way they all can be good all right so which one do you think you know? out of those groups like out of the guys you talk to you just think like oh i i do like him i think he could well, be good you know, Kurt Warner would be the easiest one just because he played quarterback knows a lot about you know as all quarterbacks do you know a little bit about everything right and the game is through the quarterback now that's all they talk about and you wouldn't lose by your quarterback. You got to have a franchise quarterback, and is he the man? He's got to make the next step. You know, on and on and on. But you know, so and he's been in broadcasting, so he gets a little. He would be the. He would definitely have the easiest transition. Right. You know, the other guys, I, I don't know. I don't know him well enough to say about. You know, Greg Olson. Yeah. I will say is yes. Great personality and fun to be around. Right. Maybe more than all the guys you talked about. I think you're um, right. And and. He wants to do it. I can, you know, you can sense it in him. Yep. He loves the sport, and you know, Christopher. We, hey, look, they all grew up right by right, us, right across the highway here from us. Yep. A, a real quick story. I'm throwing footballs with his brother, who's going to go to Notre Dame. Going to Notre Dame, right? Chris Olson. Yes. And Greg is catching footballs for him that day, and we're working and we're throwing, and Greg's running down field. I'm going, damn, what year is he? He's still in high school. I, I, I was so couldn't get over him how fast he was and how easy he made it look. And there was a coach there that day from USC watching him because they came to see Greg Olson and Chris Olson, the quarterback I'm working with, throwing the ball well. He goes, "Is this the quarterback that I just watched on tape in there?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Man, he doesn't look like he does on." I said, "Well, that's good. Uh, that's what we want. We want to change him." But there was Lane Kiffin standing there watching the workout, watching Greg Olson. And just I'm going, oh my God, USC. So this, I, I even even that day as a junior in high school, I knew he was an absolute pro. Just watched him that day run and catch the football. Right, that's a cool Definitely. story. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. It really was. You know, the Olson family, uh, they're legends up here in this area. And their yeah, you dad, guys got a little man, battle. About, their dad made Vince Lombardi look like uh, you know. Um, Ben McAdoo. Like a choir world. boy. Right, <laughs> right, right. Hey, Christopher, yeah, what am I thinking of? You had to play against them. So. Yeah, I did. No, I it should We've I, done that story I, many I, times. Yeah, I went by the sideline once and gloated, and he sent somebody out there to tell me if I did it again, he's going to break my leg. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, I got one more I got one more broadcasting thing for you. The, okay, what? The New York Post, Post also put out the Monday Night Football list. Similar, uh, Kurt Warner, Matt Hasselbeck, Lewis Riddick, Randy Moss, and Greg Olson. But there's one long shot. And I want to know if Phil Sims thinks it's possible. The long shot is Brett Favre. Any chance that you think Brett is getting in the booth? And also, would he be good in the booth? You know, I will root for Brett Favre to take that job and do it. <laughs> really? <laughs> Me too. Oh, I will. What would it be like? It, it will be a must listen. <laughs> well, there's a play. Yeah, you know, I don't, you know, who is it? Well, I don't know who it is that caught it. That was a good catch. <laughs> I don't care. And, you know, should have thrown at this. And you know, What? <laughs> You're right. He would have no TV etiquette. I'm sure there's no way he's going to watch it and, you know, try to be, well, I don't want to say uh, he, he would be unprofessional, but I don't think he would really, like, say, oh, I'm going to just dig into this game and learn everything about it. Right, I, right. I, that's not Brett Favre. Yeah. It's like. Brett Favre driving to the championship game, the first Super Bowl they won. It was raining. I think they played San Francisco up in Green Bay. It's it's just an awful day. That's the and second father, championship game. Called, but, right. Go ahead. Sorry. What's that? That was the second championship game, the San Francisco one. Oh, it was? Okay. 
God, he had a nickname for his father. I think it's something like Rockhead. Or yeah, whatever. it was. It's something like that. You're right. Yeah, if you saw his father, you'd go, okay, that fits him. Right. So they're sitting there quiet in the car, and the father turns to him and goes, what do you think you'll have to change the game plan a little today because of the weather? And Brett turns to him and goes, hey, Dad, who gives a damn? I don't know. Who cares? And just like, didn't want to talk any football, didn't care about the weather. And, of course, he didn't care about the weather because it didn't matter. He could throw it in anything. Yeah, that's and, right. But there's the stories about Brett, and just between Brett and his father, <laughs> they win a championship game. He changed the play. They score. They win the championship, state championship, I think. They're celebrating on the field, and Brett just gets knocked from the side and goes to the ground. His dad's on top of him. He goes, what, son, what the hell are you doing changing my place? And, <laughs> and you awesome. know it's true. It's true. So, so we are so now all go. rooting for answer, Brett Favre. But I want to see Brett Favre in the booth. Yeah, I'm, I'm awesome. with you. I want to see it too, actually. Oh Dad, Dad has some great stories. I don't expect them to share them, but Dad has great stories of his days covering games when he used to go up to Green Bay and have to talk to Brett on a, on a Saturday or a Friday. And Brett is hilarious, and I know we're not going to share them here, but they're they're pretty damn funny. We're not oh, going to. They're, they're all timers. Yes, and, and you can't the people, share them. They go no. He, we would talk to him for an hour, and we would not say one word about football. <laughs> what would he talk one about? Word. That was the last thing he was going to talk about. Man, I'll talk about a stupid game. I'm, I'm going to go play nine holes. I get done with you guys. Oh. <laughs> and this, and that. So that's why Brett Favre during Bonnie Monday Night Bernstein. Football would be ridiculous. Bonnie Bernstein was our sideline reporter, and she's looking and she goes, "Well, Brett, you know, she asked him a football question, and he just kind of went like, what, what, what was that? What are you talking about? I, uh, oh, it, it was like we told her too. He's not going to answer football questions, and of course, it was everything. The stories he had." Pictures he wants to show you. <laughs> there I am with Dick Inberg, you know, who was the most proper man in the world and a lot of fun to work with. I mean, he was hilarious. And he would, you know, throw some jabs in on the air, inside jokes, and you go, wow, that was, you know, pretty good stuff. So right. I wish I could talk about it, but I, but I can't. But I it know was you fun, can. that's for sure. Yeah. Phil, we're going to get you drunk, and you're going to tell these stories on the podcast. It's going to be awesome. Oh, I don't have, oh no, I'm not. No, I'm going to never do that. Because they're, they're private stories. Yeah, I that's right. That. They're private that's stories. Right. He's a journalist. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah, they're, they're private. I don't want to. I would never do that. And Brett would, even Brett wouldn't want me to tell him on, you know, out yeah. to the public. And I'm All sure right. he's told those same stories. He told them to everybody. And they were, well, I don't know. They were crazy. Yeah. But Phil, let's see. Odell, he, what's going on there? You know, the draft. I think Josh Allen's probably going to be drafted in the seventh round. Uh, <laughs> That's not accurate I enough. Hope he is. Or maybe he'll, uh, he might be a high-priority free agent. He's not accurate enough. He, you know, he just, he just, he just, uh, he uh, just, you know, yeah, he's great, but he's just no good. You know? uh, I can tell Dad's ready to go. Man. Oh, man. All right, man, no, don't, don't shoot all your bullets with the quarterback thing. We're going to have no, our – No, I'm not. No, no, no. I'm just going to say this. Yeah. And you and I talked about it. Right. Adam, on the Monday before the draft, I think we're going to uh, – I'm definitely filming a draft show for CBS. Okay. And CBS Sports is probably going to come on that Monday night. I didn't ask if it was coming on that night. But I'm going to fire some bullets. Whoa. Preemptive yeah. Phil calling a shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, it's going to be – this is this is going to be great. All right. That's I'm, awesome. I'm writing down a list. The show needs to be six hours because <laughs> that's the only way I'm going to get it off. I want to get done and go, all right, I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> you want a therapy session, not a TV show. I like no, that. No, no. I want, I want it to I, – I, hey, I'm my own therapist. You know, I'll talk to myself. 
You know, <laughs> so we are. We're good therapist. at that. We're Sims are good at that. Yeah, Big we Phil. don't need no damn therapist. <laughs> Look at a therapist. What, what's the therapist? I'm gonna sit there and go. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get the hell out of Big here. We Phil, got other we, things we, we got to do. Appreciate your time. Hey, Phil. look, I just got one thing. What? Okay. Okay. If you're going to call me at four fifteen, let's try to be somewhere within twenty minutes of it. Either way. Yeah. Okay, okay. I, I know. It's Lefko. He's the worst. It's me. Why is it Lefko? Because What's he doing? he's the one that schedules the show and he packs it and thinks it's going to fit in an hour, and then we're we're already at an hour and twenty right now. No, oh my God! You could be. You should be well, a producer. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we're he do is. A thousand things in five minutes. We can get it in there. Just don't make anything you say long. Okay, yeah. good. That'll weigh out. All right, we'll talk to you All next right, week. See you guys. See you, Dad. Uh, yeah. See? Okay, so there's a segment there. Oh. It's called it's called Big Phil Talks About Like New Age Feelings. Right. Because his take on therapists is amazing. Oh, I well he's I, I sit there and I bet you if he went to a therapy session, he would give therapy to the therapist. Oh god. What you need to do is honestly I'm sitting the way you're sitting in hey, your chair right now. I know I have an old school relationship with my wife, okay? <laughs> like we've talked like you know, we do. We have an old school relationship. We're very un- we got our terms Nelson of settlement, bolts. right? Yes. You want to see old school. I mean, you want to see archaic? Go see Phil and Diana, okay? I mean, freaking Phil, when we were growing up, when we went on family vacations, he wouldn't even go with us. He would make my mom take us down. He would go first. And Beck, like, you know, I'm going to go down and play a few rounds of golf. Yeah, I'll see you guys down there. So he never had to go through the pains of being the father. He like, never was, he was a, ever in the airport with he you guys? He was never, like, in the plane with us and, like, you know, like, I was, like, eight years old and my sister's four and Matt's crying in the plane. Like, he was and never there running for that. up and down the aisles. Right, like, yeah. he was never there to and be, like. And that's why the response, therapy, who needs therapy? <laughs> right. I was like, well, <laughs> I don't know, Phil, you hurt our feelings. Right. All right, it's time. Okay. Quarterbacks with Chris Sims. Quarterbacks with he Chris Sims. He has gone Sims. back for the first time. He has looked at all the quarterbacks. He has reevaluated. Evaluated and there are legitimate changes. Yeah. Uh, before we get going, uh, Oklahoma State quarterback is he close to the five? No, no, he's on? not. He is not. They, Mason Rudolph. Uh, I don't think he's a second round pick in my eyes. Um, to, to me, just too stiff. Not a good enough thrower. Not a good enough athlete in the pocket. Okay, uh, that would be my biggest thing. In fact, the two Oklahoma State guys in general, him and the kid James Washington, I was very disappointed when I watched them. James Washington, I was really expecting something. He really just happens to catch a post route against the right coverage from time to time. He really can't do a whole lot else mm. other than that. Um, but yeah, Mason Rudolph's not really that guy. Um, I'm in early levels of some of those later guys, like. Listen, to me, uh, uh, if you're looking to get a quarterback in the second or third round, you go for the guy that you go, okay, it might not look perfect on the field, but this guy could be something. Gotcha. He's got, I don't want they a guy that I go, well, he's a backup for 10 years. I want to get a guy to go, he's our backup to start, but we think he can be a starter in two or three it's years. It's like the video three years ago when the Chiefs drafted Aaron Murray. That's the dumbest and we were, crap and ever. we were right. sitting there. There's and, nothing to go. And me and Miller, it was the only time that I've yelled at Miller right. on camera. And I was, and he was like, he could be Chase Daniel. Right. And I was like, why do you take Chase Daniel? Right. Why not take an actual player that could do something? Exactly but right. that's what happens. Who is the new Sims number five quarterback? That was okay. so Labatard. That uh, was. Who is? Was it? That's how he did the setup for everything on the list. No, the number five quarterback. Right. According to Chris Sims of Leecher Report. All right, guys. Um, number five. <sighs> what we hold? What was your original list? I'm going to pull my, it out right now. My original list. Because I, t- I texted. Uh, was Lamar, Josh, Baker, 
Your original list was Lamar. It was Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen. Right. So you had Josh Rosen at five. Right. Who is number five in your Sam Darnold is the fifth best quarterback for me. Sam Darnold, the number one pick. This is where I listen. I'm I'm just going to say are on the clock. I know people are going to sit. Oh, Chris, shock jock. Listen, I'm not. I'm just telling you. I'm studying this, and I just. Again, a first-round quarterback, without a doubt. I'm not arguing that. But the fact that he's talked about as a slam-dunk number one or number two pick, I don't get it. So go ahead. I've gone through your notes. Yes. Here were your notes when you watched the first three games. Right. You're not a big fan of his motion. There's no denying that he's a baller. Right. He can spin it. He right. can make all the throws. He's got average arm strength. He throws well in the run. He throws old footballs, though. It's something to be scared of. Right. Doesn't have a variety of passes due to the West Coast offense. Fumbles are an issue. Almost always throws to his first read. Right. That was when you had him at four. Upon further review, right. Now you went back and watched what third down snaps. I watched no, I, yeah, I watched third down snaps, clutch drives, touchdown passes, interceptions, and like two extra games. I went deep. I, I don't think I've ever gone this deep. In and the you did that for each of them. Each. Of so them. here's what the right. further review gave you right. on third down when Sam Darnold has to stand in the pocket. He's not a great thrower unless the first option is open. Right. He want whenever you want to jump in with like a big point. Yeah, sure. He wants. He actually wants the pocket to break down. I'm so underwhelmed with his throwing in the pocket. Yes. He doesn't fit it into tight windows, and when he tries, it's trouble. Almost always throws behind receivers when driving it, and then in all caps, there is no way he is the number one pick. Right. He really doesn't anticipate throws. All of his throws outside the numbers are very average. He plays a college style, and I'm not sure it translates to the NFL. Yes. Okay. So remember some of those there. I'm going to try to go through all that a little bit. Bit, but I might miss a spot here or there. Um, okay. I mean, that was very negative. Well, it was negative because the third down tape, after I watched a few extra games and watched the Texas game, which, listen, again, he made some good plays in the Texas game. And the third down tape is valuable because the defense is anticipating a pass. There's no. That's the reason it's it's telling. Third down is where you make your money in the NFL. That's period. The Eagles were number one in third exactly down. Exactly right. And so, who, Tom Brady's good on third down yes. every year. And Aaron so Rodgers, third down, Sam Darnold, you learned a because lot. Because you learn a lot because the defense does different things. Right, they're creative. They go, they're going to pass. We're going to give us different looks, different blitzes, different coverages, everything like that. You're there's no the play action pass is no longer a viable option. The sprint out throat is right. no longer an option unless it's third and short. So you're so watching, and what are you seeing? I'm watching and going. First of all, I'll stand by my original thing. He's the worst in the pocket out of all these quarterbacks. It's very concerning. Reenact him in now, the pocket. Well, I mean. In the pocket, it's it's a little bit like this. that The first guy's not wide open. It becomes drop the ball and start looking to move around and looking for a play. And then some, a lot of those times, he makes a nice little play. And you go, oh, man, that was an, he got out of some trouble and threw a 10-yard pass. But my big thing would be, first of all, he didn't have to leave the pocket. And a lot of times when you look at it, he turns down open receivers down the field because now he's looked at the first guy and he wasn't open. He's going to dance around the pocket. And then... You know, I've heard a lot of people go, well, he throws well under pressure. Yes, he does, but I, I've said to you before, he is the reason for a lot of the pressure. He moves himself into it a lot of the time in the pressure. He is by far the worst seer of the field in those situations, too. A lot of dropped interceptions when you watch Sam Darnold, let alone the fumbles and everything like it. And my big thing, too, is 
Again, we've talked about this in years past, and I think this is what became more relevant to me the second time around. Just a little bit like some of his most amazing physical plays are just against crap Pac-12 teams. I mean, the Pac-12, are we talking about any defender in the first round in the Pac-12? Who is? Between, between, except for Vita Villa and the Washington... Defensive line. I, 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 off the top of my head right now, I can't even think of a defensive player that we're talking about in the first round of the Pac-12. The Pac-12 stinks. Yeah. It stinks. The safety from Stanford. Maybe he's another guy that can be a first rounder. Okay, that just popped in my head. But so, so those, how those, are we getting to this narrative that he's the number I one? I don't know. I do think like Danielle Jeremiah and Joe Klatt need to be a little embarrassed with their breakdown of quarterbacks. I don't even want to get too deep into that. It does bother me. The only me. thing I want to say about Joe Klatt is he had Deshaun Kaiser as his number one quarterback. Last right. Year. That tells you a lot. Over and, and the Trubisky, way he talked Watson, Mahomes. The way he talked after the Sam Darnold, it just it, comparing him to Roy Hobbs in the rain. Come on. Saying that he's they more physically res- gifted saying than Carson the receivers Wentz. are dropping balls and then they're throwing showing a highlight yeah, where I wanna, he under the ball 20 yards. This. this is an exercise for Sims and Lefko fans. We do not make stuff up to get hits. We don't. Sims is just different, and that's just a fact. But do this. Go to YouTube. Watch Sam Darnold's Pro Day. It's not that great because all these networks zoom in and they don't show you the whole field. But watch his Pro Day. Look at the throws in which he misses guys. And then listen if the announcers mention it. Because they never do. No. The other thing I'll say is this. The USC connection with Sam Darnold is very it's, interesting. It's very deep. Detail it for everybody. Okay, sure. All right. So first of all, it starts like this. I think that the people you're hearing the most like love of Sam Darnold is a is a Southern Cal crowd. You know, first of all, the Cleveland Browns. Hugh Jackson's the number one pick. He's he's a Southern Cal guy who also coached at USC. Who's training him? Oh, Jordan Palmer. Oh, you mean Carson Palmer's brother who also went to USC. Okay, so there's that. And a lot of people are talking to Jordan Palmer to get insight no on these guys. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Then there's the Daniel Jeremiah. You know where he's from? I don't. Southern California. Colin okay. Cowherd. Joel like Klatt is a advocate. West Coast, right? Yes. Now, Colin Cowherd, of course, is out on the West Coast in yeah. L.A. He's here. I just want to say one thing to people. I just think it's a little bit biased because of the emblem on the helmet, and he's a handsome guy. I, th- I think the chin plays a part into this. <laughs> but, I think bias plays a part into this. Yes. And I'll also say this. You throw in the rain not only to show people that you can throw in the rain, but when you miss throws, guess what you can blame? Right. The rain. The rain. So, And you know who set up Blake right. Bortles pro day? Yeah. Jordan, Jordan Palmer. Palmer. Right, I know. So what did he do with... What did, he, and he didn't Blake do that Bo- with Josh Allen. No. So, but, but we'll go with that in a second. But Blake Bortles, his pro day was like 90%, 90% checkdowns. Check swings and backs out of the backfield. So he went, let me find the one day it's going to rain. <laughs> it's a good... No, that's his job. Jordan well, Palmer did, his, did job. his job. Listen, and again, Darnold did some good things in the workout, and it is good that he threw the ball in the rain. But this is, again, let me just make these yeah. last points, okay? First of all, I out of these quarterbacks, what does he do the best? I don't think there's anything. Maybe improvise. Maybe improvise. Maybe. But that's really hard to say when Lamar Jackson's in this conversation. Maybe he's a... Oh, that's but, true. So, but either way... Maybe lead. It is, it is up there. You Certainly. He there. is loved by his team. There's yes. no off the field. We have to talk about that a little with all these guys. His off the field is squeaky clean. I know yes. about all of it. So he's he's truly loved. The team loves him. Oh, that's right. You have notes from people that you talk to, Yeah, too. they will go to war for him. Like, he is and loved by his team. So it is valuable. That is valuable. And he is young. And he can get better. So again, I'm not sitting here just to crap on him. No. I just don't understand the number one. Number two pick. I do worry about the style of play in which he plays 
is it really realistic in the NFL? Like I said, a lot of the great athletic plays come against teams that are not very good. They don't come against Ohio State or the Notre Dames of the world. And this is what bothers me, too. See, for whatever reason, he gets the benefit in those games. I hear it all the time. Well, Ohio State, they were just so overmatched, blah, blah, blah. But none of the other quarterbacks seem to get that benefit of the doubt. And yeah, like, I think like the Josh Allen, is, we roast for getting destroyed by Iowa. And right. it's like there wasn't a player on Josh Allen's team that could make the Iowa roster. Right, but no, you'll hear people just watch that Iowa game and it'll make you change your mind. Well, I watched the Ohio State-Notre Dame game, and man, it stunk. And the reason they were in the hole a lot of times, did, jo- did Darnold make some good throws? Yeah, but the reason they were in the hole in those games was just because of Sam Darnold. I mean, I was on the field at Notre Dame. I mean, he fumbled. He fumbled in exchange with a running back. He missed a wide-open post for a touchdown that underthrew it, and the guy didn't even get, a, get to catch it. The Ohio State game, it was interceptions, it was pick six, but the stats at the end of the game look okay. And I think Mm. that's again where you go, oh, he made some plays. See? Great, he made some plays when they were down 28 to nothing, and the emotion was out of the game, and the defense was in prevent mode. I mean, that doesn't count to me. So... Those are my concerns. Yes, but you Again, still think he's a first rounder. He is definitely a first rounder, but I'm just but frustrated by this dumb number one, number two lock. I don't see it. I'm just sorry. remember it here, guys. We're not afraid to it. tell you the truth. The players' podcast will never steal you wrong. Mm-hmm. You had Darnold at four, and you had Rosen at five. Do you have Rosen at four? Who is your no. number four? No. no. Oh, baby. Who is your number? Who is your number four quarterback? Okay, number four. And this is really close between four and three. Okay. I'm going to go four as Lamar Jackson. I'm. This is nuts. Yeah. Oh, boy. Hold on. This is we were, the, we were the Team Lamar podcast. We're still Team Lamar. Just calm down. We're Team Lamar. You're, so your number one quarterback is not your number four? He is. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I know. I'm right. sorry. Let me read yep. what you wrote. Okay. All right. So what you had written about Lamar Jackson, <laughs> here I am roasting other people for changing it. Well, I, I You'll, know. Get, to it. you'll uh, get to it. Here's what you wrote before. Elite athlete, great change of direction. Throwing motion is effortless. He can spin it. Legs are too stiff, though, when he throws. Good deep ball accuracy, pretty good decision making, and completions are on target most of the time. What the fuck, Bill Polian? Throws well with people around him, almost unstoppable in the red zone. Right. You went back, you watched third down, yeah. and you watched uh, some I bowl watched games. North Carolina State, I watched Wake Forest game to add on to that, and I watched, oh, the Mississippi State game that's knocked him out of the draft. I mean, he's out of the draft because the Mississippi State game, except he made like four plays that nobody on planet Earth can make, so I'm knocking him out. What? All right, upon Sorry. further that review... That piss me off. If I hear that damn comment one more time, but go ahead. Upon further review, doesn't always give wide receiver a chance on 50-50 balls. Right. Don't forget, pass protection is consistently horrible. Damn, he turned the corner on Derwin James? Is it perfect? No, but holy crap, did he make some big-time effing plays and throws in the end of North Carolina State Boston College and Florida State. Worst talent around him other than Josh Allen. He is being unfairly judged in my opinion. Yes. But I need to know why he went from one to four. Well, he went to number one to four because I think of just other inconsistencies I see throughout the film and then the off the field stuff is going to knock him down for me. It has to, a little bit. It has to. So which off the field stuff? So let me just say this. I am a huge believer in Lamar Jackson. He just the most raw of the group to a degree. Okay, the off the field stuff that bothers me is this. His mom's his agent. Okay, nobody can get in contact with him. I mean, I nobody. tried texting her today. I mean, Michael Vick, he just made a comment yesterday. I've tried to get in contact with Lamar Jackson. I can't get a hold of him. Okay, so and that's scary. That's scary. The relationship between him and his old head coach, um, 
Petrino. Petrino, I heard, has gone into the dumps. Okay. Okay. He wasn't great on the board and in meetings and things like that. His like best friend from growing up is training him for the combine. So I when I connect dots like that, they do scare me. Listen, that's the way it is. I don't think this kid is stupid by any stretch of the imagination. Right. So I don't want to hear that talk. Right. right. You're not challenging his intellect. I'm You're not just saying the decisions so. are like and the, I'm seeing a pattern. I'm here. seeing a pattern. And the fact that I know from multiple teams that he wasn't the most impressive on the board and things like that. Okay, it doesn't still doesn't mean anything. I know that his offense is more complex than Sam Darnold's in USC. Right. He's capable of learning an offense, maybe he just learns a little different than the rest of the guys, right. which is very capable too. So those things concern me, added to the fact when I turn on the film, like the first time around, I watched the Clemson game, I watched the Boston College game. He made great plays in the Boston College game. The Clemson game, he missed some throws, but they were severely overmatched, just like Sam Darnold was in the right. USC-Ohio State game. And he missed throws, and I just said, oh, well. You gave me the better for the doubt. I did. And what happened is I went when I watched other games where he did play well, he still was inconsistent on throws that were, I was just like, damn. Like, no, you got to hit that like if you want to. Just whether it was hitch routes out into the flat, like six-yard curl routes where the guy just six routes, turns around, or maybe a 10-yard curl route, same type of thing. Where, yeah, there's moments where the ball is a little all over the place and it sprays. And I don't know if there's a true mechanic that he relies on yet as a thrower. He kind of just gets it done, which is a positive because it shows you he's a natural thrower. But you do need a mechanic at times because even Tiger Woods messes up on the driver down the fairwood, right? you got to have something to rely on that day where you go, ooh, I don't have it today. It sounds like you still believe he has a really high ceiling. Unbelievably. I just want to make sure. It just sounds like the floor has gone down because of all the things that have happened, maybe, since and then. I think I wanted to shit on Bill Polian so badly when it came out you too. I just, I could, I couldn't, and I got excited about the talent because his film is phenomenal, fun to watch. I mean, it's phenomenal. Yeah, there's so much good in it. So for, I don't want to hear but this right now. I'm hearing this. I'm hearing he's not making great decisions off the field with the business right. aspect, which scares you in right. terms of acclimating to a professional exactly, world of the NFL. Right. You're seeing some easy throws that aren't there that you can right. build on in an offense. Right. It sounds like mechanically, it's kind of like a shooter in basketball that he's a really good shooter, yeah, right. but you're like Lonzo Ball. You're like, that's not going to work. Yeah, you yeah, can't level. keep doing that always. And, right. and yeah, you can maybe fine tune it, but... I don't know. You're saying that the relationship with the former coach isn't great. How will he take to coaching? Yeah, so there's, are, right. there's a lot of questions. Exactly right. There's now, a lot the of fact that he's grow. kind of a quiet guy and all that. He's not your typical like alpha male, you know, quarterback who's like you know, comes in the room and he's Johnny charismatic and he gotcha. you know swindles and dwindles everybody. He's a player. Yeah, he's, he's a not kind of quarterback. He is. He's a football player. Okay. Okay. So that's where the concern is. But again. The kid's a quarterback. Let's just make that clear. He's a first-round quarterback, without a doubt for me. A first-rounder. Yes, there's, you know, like, okay, there's other things, too. Like, just, like, some quarterback design run plays. I could show you a few plays where he ran the wrong way. That's going to be concerning. Like, they're going to look at the film and go, oh, wait, no, the guard pulled right, the other guard pulled right, the back's pulling right, and he went left. So those are other little things that you just go and you go, damn, like, it's not the end of the world. So who do you want to see teaching this kid? What coaches would really... Anybody's going to be... I got you. It, it doesn't even matter. I don't even... You don't have to look them up because I just... I, again, I've, I've heard this story again. This is where I want to shut all this shit up. Okay. I'm sorry I'm swearing too much on this one, but I'm heated about Lamar. I, I want to shut it all Dean up. Dean Lamar. Well, I mean, 
I, I heard the stories a little about the Deshaun Watson who were concerned about the throwing. I heard this a little bit about, you know, Dak Prescott. I heard a little bit about Cam Newton. You know, I just feel like I've heard the story and then they get in the pros and they get around coaching and they have coaches around them all day and they get reps and they get somebody on top of them about mechanics all the time. And there's no 20-hour rule like the NCAA and they get better because they were good already. They just needed a little fine-tuning. So that's where I get it. Yeah. And again, if we want to talk about, hey, he threw four picks against Mississippi State. Yeah, you know, two were really bad throws. One was like two were bad decisions. One was like the right decision. He just threw a bad ball behind a receiver, and then another one went right through the receiver's hands. Right, so it was four interceptions. But gosh, damn it, did he not make some of the most unbelievable damn plays I've ever seen in the game? Too throws and runs. Mm. I mean, I've seen him. I've seen him run around Bradley Chubb. I've seen him run around Derwin James. Yeah. I've when, seen him run down ninety yards Mississippi State, who nobody runs ninety yards on them. Yeah. So Derwin James, we were sitting in the green room. He's a beast too, and we're talking about like quarterbacks and stuff. Right. And he, without even being talked about, goes, and I can't believe they're talking this stuff about Lamar Jackson. Yes. He goes, I faced everybody. He goes, he's an NFL quarterback. Right. He goes, I, he goes, you figure out a way to make that happen. Right. Like in his face, like his eyes. So lit. again, they're going to talk about losses and all that too. Like, like I told you, the Florida State game, they won, but he also threw two game-winning touchdown passes that were dropped. He threw some big passes at the end of the Boston College game, one which was dropped, but then even the final fumble that ended the game where they were going to drive down and score, he threw a great pass. Receivers running down the field. They're in middle midfield. He fumbles. Boston College gets the ball. They win the game. Right. So there's plenty to see of great plays in the clutch. Um, so, again, he's my number four. How high would you draft him? Oh, I think he's a – if you're in the right team in the right situation, I would have no issue if, like – you know, you look at teams like, oh, the, who is it? Where the, the Cardinals at 15, if they felt like, you know what, we're willing to take this year on the chin for a little development with him and we got Sam Bradford, go for it. This guy could be... Could he play right away, though? Is there a situation yes, where he could play right yes, away? Yes, but I think do think that's where you would need a... I would love to see it if he ended up in Jacksonville. Where you can run an RPO offense. Yeah, and it's you can simple. just you can be yeah. simple and you just go wear boots, wear play actions, he'll make some plays with his legs and there. Unfortunately they traded for Cody Kessler. So, so again, I don't I know I dropped I dropped him, but I really believe in this kid. I just want to make sure that's known. You're just seeing a lot of I'm stuff. I'm just saying I don't think you can take him before these next three yet because of a little wow. of those issues. And that means that Rosen continues to rise. The Rosen one before the your top five. One was Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Mayfield, Darnold, Rosen. Jackson is now four. Darnold is now five. You had Mayfield at three last time. Who is three this time? Mayfield is three. So he remains. He remains. But I'm just going to say this. I think it's closer between... Baker and Lamar Jackson. I do. I mean, I do. Baker Mayfield, you brought to us last time. Pretty flawless throwing mechanics. Motion and feet remind you of Favre. Oklahoma offense is tough. They're really good in the Big 12 sucks, but he's great in the pocket. Yeah. Upon further review, went yeah. back, you watched more games, mm-hmm. you watched third down and some game-winning drives. Right. This is what you came out with. Although a lot of impressive throws, not a lot of realistic NFL throws. On obvious passing situations, he doesn't stand in there and make as many big throws. His decision-making is a little concerning, too. On third down, the advantage disappears and he's not as impressive. When the pocket caves in, he panics a little. He can't see and he wants to escape. His best third-down throws are 
three-step quick throws. And the scramble plays are not realistic in the NFL because it's not against NFL talent. I found your review of Baker to be the most different from the first time. I feel like you went back and watched and went, I got jobbed by a little bit. I kind of got got. I got got because I think the first time around, he just he was a little better than I was expecting, right? And he threw the ball at an NFL level. And like, he's definitely got an NFL arm. That oh, has definitely, changed. yeah. So that I think all of that. But then as I started to watch more, and, and the first time around, I think I expressed concern that he gets a lot of easy throws and there's people wide open, and that's still an issue for me because, like I said, not realistic NFL third down throws. Like I, I don't get and to see a lot of that. That's the hard thing about Mayfield and Darnold is they're both guys that like to escape and create. Yes. but at the NFL level. Level, they're not getting away. It's like from the anybody. old Johnny Manziel thing. Oh, well, he can scramble, but then when they play LSU in Florida, he could never scramble. Why? Because they had NFL defense ends and linebackers were like, like "What? You run four seven nine? Big deal." Okay, yeah. right. So Baker, though. So Baker, there's still a lot of good there. Okay, first of all, off the field, it's he's as squeaky as they get. I heard a story from I think it was Hugh Jackson, right? Where he saw he saw like him with the entire t- uh, the team uh, at Oklahoma, and he was like, he. Something like that, and the whole team was like he he, and they all like followed him out. And he was like, it was the most incredible thing I've He's ever seen. He's loved. He is loved. The only issue to Baker Mayfield is maybe the cockiness thing, right? That people worry but whatever. about. But whatever. But I'm just tell you this from I the like people I've talked to, they can't find anybody to say anything bad about the kid. Gotcha. Right. Nothing. So that's a creation. He is loved. Like okay. Team trainers, equipment guys. Yeah, the only thing was the crotch grab against Kansas. Right. But... I know. Oh no. Like so horrible. Gosh, a guy is 19, again, 20 again, years old. If if he did that and there wasn't a camera on him, we would have never known. No. No, but exactly right. It's the media. It is the media. Um, yeah, I think, again, I think the big thing is the I do worry about the realisticness of his style of play. The size does concern me. It does. Because you can see in certain situations when a defense knows he's going to pass and if he can't kind of escape, yeah, that he's not going to be able to see down the field. Right. Can he make some of those big power throws with people in his face and like just flick it on a comeback route or a thing like that. Um, yeah, I, I think all of that is just question marks that I have, and yeah, I'm not sure about it. Again, you know, like like I said, like I always compare to the Russell Wilson coming out. You know, you hear the Drew Brees stuff. I don't think he's quite as good an athlete as I thought he was. I think the more I watched the first time around, he's quick and he it, can move in the pocket. Yeah. You know, but like. It also scares me Drew, when you, Drew when you compare. Drew Brees Andy Roddick in man to man, I mean, one on one tennis. He I mean, did? Yeah. I mean, Russell Wilson was. I mean, he's Russell Wilson. He's playing for the Yankees in his spare exactly. time. Exactly. I mean, he was playing. That, and, that's and, the thing that's so it's not scary quite there. to me when right. we start comparing him to that. Right. Whenever you compare someone to outliers, yeah. I get scared. Yeah, I hear you. That's a because valid you're, point. you're comparing him to people that bucked the trend. Yes. And that's a hard thing. All right. So, but what about Baker at three to the Jets? Does that make sense in your mind or I, no? It, it could. It does make sense. Yes. Okay. I have no issue with that. Baker. So is the even guy, though you have these questions, going number three is still okay. Yeah, because I. Well, I. Yeah, it is. It's okay. I mean, if if a team feels like he's close, the guy, then why is Lamar at fifteen and and he's at three? Yeah, because I think Baker is probably a little more polished altogether to where you can just trust it from and day the, one more. And then the human being aspects. Yes, of it exactly. That's what I mean. Just that's what I'm talking about. All of it all together. Jeremy Bates, the offensive coordinator for the Houston, I mean the uh, New York Jets. Jets, who I was with in Tampa. I just again don't know this, but being around that person, I would think Baker Mayfield would be his type of guy. Okay. Okay. That's the other just line I'll draw there. I don't know any of that, of course, but yeah, if that happens, sure. Baker's also the guy that I think, like, 
damn, he could fall out of the top 10, too. I can see him being the one out of these, like, everybody talking about the big four. Nobody's including Lamar, which I think is annoying. Isn't but, that interesting? Yeah, it's annoying. But I do think out of those guys, Baker could be the guy to fall a little bit because people are going to get concerned about the size. And, okay, you're that size, and he ran 4'8". So nobody's going to go, well, you're Russell Wilson. Right. So before, you had the big three and then the bottom two. Yep. You had Lamar, Josh, and Baker on their own playing field, and then you had Rosen and Darnold kind of on the bottom. Bottom. Darnold stayed down there. It seems like Lamar and Baker have both kind of come down as you've done more evaluation. Yeah. Are you going to sit here and tell me that Josh Rosen is now your number one quarterback? No, I'm not. Okay. Okay. All right. There you go. But Josh Rosen has gone from five to two. Yes. And you know, it's interesting. When Sims gave us his quarterback rankings the first time, there was one quarterback that I said, I think he got him too low. You did. And it was Josh Rosen. You did. Adam Lefko, quarterback I- whisperer. When I said something to, when I got done with doing Rosen, I think I did Rosen Friday afternoon. I was like, oh, Rosen's better than I gave him credit for the first time around. He was like, oh, see, told you. <laughs> told you. Knew okay. he was better Apparently than that. I sound like <laughs> Phil Sims, too. All right, so you had written about Rosen. Yeah. Great in the pocket, not a great athlete. Yeah. Offense has the most pro concepts out of all these guys. Mm-hmm. Great touch and anticipation. Good, but not special arm. Reminds me of Eli and Glennon. Can be surgical if in the right system. Went back, watched the third down snaps, watched some big games and some big drives, and Chris Sims came out with this. Man, his feet are slow and his delivery can be at times as well. He won't make many plays off schedule, but if he has time and a window, he'll make it. Love the way he throws it. Love the way he sees the field. It's alarming, though, that he can't scramble and avoid rushers in the pocket. His mechanics are flawless. He is truly the opposite of Sam Darnold. He is. He's like the opposite guy. He's bizarro Sam Darnold. He is. because like, He's comfortable in the pocket. He's not really great at improvising. Right. If the throw needs to be made, he can make it. And right. Darnold is like, I like chaos. Right. I want to roll out. Right. I want to lob it up, do like a jump pass. Whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah. I want to play backyard football. This is the yeah the exact opposite. And I don't think Darnold was that much faster in the 40 than no, Rosen. No, he wasn't. No. And, and Darnold, I mean, yeah, I would say this. The first time around, R- Rosen's a little bit better athlete than I gave him credit for. Yeah, how Still did he go? From five to two. I think what happened is the more I watched it, I just felt like, man, you know, the lack of athleticism is concerning to me, but there's nothing else on the field. Like everything else, you kind of check the boxes with. And I think he got, and I, and I sat there and I was just like, okay, like, hold on here. Like, just think about all this. Let me think about all the flaws the other guys have. And I'm just talking about this guy. And this is the only flaw he has. And it is an important flaw. And his off-the-field stuff is a little concerning. Which stuff? It's half and half. I mean, What are you hearing? I mean, they're, they're, people think he's a douche. Yeah, there's no other way to put it. You know, yeah, people, but people there's a lot of his, douches in the I, NFL. I know. I'm just telling you, that's where he well, is. He's still number two for me. When you hear that, what does that make you think? I don't know what to think, because I know it can go all over the place in the NFL. It could just be the way he talks. Do you talks, think people called California you did. that when you were coming out of I, I'm sure they did. Like I told you, I, I had some teams tell me that, oh, we thought you were a party boy, and i just go like, oh, that's hilarious, because my friends at Texas thought I was the nerd that stayed home and watched Shrek on Friday night. I just but, feel like Rosen, if he's if he's yeah. that kind of but cocky. I was a party boy to them, because they saw me on 6th Street one time, and but don't, don't you think going to an NFL locker room humbles people immediately? It definitely will. I don't think that's the issue with him. I yeah, just think it's hearing? like team, team, uh, you know, people within the UCLA, whether it be players or even other people around it, don't love him. So what's there's, his name came out? Uh, yeah. Who was the, the coach at UCLA? There's questions. Of, oh, Jim Mora. Right. So hasn't he crapped on players before? He has, I believe. Yes. 
Like what was it, the last guy he crapped on? Uh, I feel like he had one where he like was it. It wasn't Anthony Barr. Or, no, there was somebody else. I know we're missing somebody else. Uh, right? What the hell was it? Um, I don't know. Look at it. But either way, yeah, I saw what he said. Well, yeah, he obviously Josh Rosen's rubbed him the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was a low blow towards Josh Rosen to pump up Sam Darnold For sure. and say he's the guy. Uh, so again, listen, uh, I think at the end of the day, the decision making, the throwing. Uh, the ability to throw the ball down the field, it's all... Throws a beautiful deep ball. Beautiful deep ball. And his arm's stronger than I think I gave it credit for. I wish he would like rip into it a little bit more at times. Yes. But I think that could be also like Deshaun Watson last year, where if he has to and he's around it a little more, I think it's there. The big issue with him will be that. I know there's some teams that question if he really loves football, which is always a little alarming to me. Like, what do you mean? Like, Because I've been around guys who like... They like playing, but they don't want to do the other stuff to work. But here's I don't think problem. that's the issue. Here, here's the problem with saying time. somebody doesn't love football. Right. When he sits in front of you and goes, I love football, you can't take him at his word. There's literally nothing he can do right. to prove to anybody that that's not true. Right. I saw him on the Rich Eisen show. I saw him say, this is all I want to do. Yeah. I gave up a promising tennis career to go out there and get my head bashed in because I love football. Yeah. And people are still going to go, yeah, but... I think he's just saying that. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's possible for him. I think once you get that, it's like this dark cloud. That's why I'm with Kaepernick. Uh, I don't really know if he wants to play or if he just wants to continue his civil civil right movement. Right. I, oh, okay. So what can he do to prove it? Yeah. Nothing. I know. So I, know. I don't listen to that. I get you. I'm just telling you pieces that I've heard, and I'm just trying to take it all into account. Yeah. Okay. The other thing that I'm thinking is, okay, so if he reminds you of Eli, and he's surgical if he has time— why not bring him to the team that already has Eli that you can you can build around one guy and it'll be a seamless transition to the replacement? Yeah, sure. I mean, it makes sense from that. I get that. I totally feel you. I mean, that's that's the kind of guy he is. If Rosen comes to New York, oh, I am taking him to Murray's Bagels. We are doing locks. <laughs> Before are you about to move to the next quarterback? Yes. Here? Before we get there. You did think that this was going to be the number one all along, right? Like the first go around, you were surprised that this yeah, guy I was Yeah, I thought not Josh Allen one. was your number one. Yeah. I mean, you anytime you watched him during the season, you were amazed. Yeah. And and now he's definitely the number one. Definitely uh definitely the number one. Yes. I'm just reading my notes again just to make sure if I didn't miss anything with Josh Allen. Anything else there? Josh think? Rosen. Josh Rosen, sorry. Well, I'm just so he's your number 2. He is my number 2. He's the one I feel most comfortable about where I just go if we went all, that's where I would have been. Like, if you're drafting, right? Okay. And I just said everything was equal, right? Like, okay, we have a team that really needs a quarterback, yeah. and our team's not great, but it's good or great. You know what I mean? Like, I just looked at him and said, no, he's a guy I think out of all of those that you can plug him in pretty quick, and he's going to go in there and be pretty successful. Josh Allen, you had originally written. A re- incredible arm, insanely basic offense, no talent around him, fairly good mechanics that need to be cleaned up, reminds me of Wentz. Mm-hmm. He went back, watched more games, mm-hmm. third downs, drives, third down tape upon further review. He is incredibly elusive and fearless in the pocket, makes so many big-time NFL throws that almost all are under pressure. With arm and size, he is going to be a beast on third down the NFL. He is such a good athlete. His biggest problem is on touch throws or short checkdown type throws, you are only emboldened in believing that Josh Allen is the number one. Yes, I am. And again, I think the... the so m- many people think that he's just not good. Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand it. 
you know, I, I don't. They're the same people that think Sam Darnold is one. So I what know. do you think that tells you? I don't know. I mean, first of all, I, I, so let's just start out with the pro day. The pro day was one of the best pro days I've ever seen. Why? Because it was just one big time throw after another. He didn't do anything to like, he didn't throw seven swing routes to go, oh, he was 58 to 60 in his workout today against nobody. And, you know, 30 of those completions were for four yards or less. Like, if I have to see you throw a four yard throw, like too many times, and I don't even want to go to the workout. I didn't come there to see you check the ball down to the back. Like, come on, I want to see a few. Okay, sure. Yeah, just get but the flow going. After that, I want to see legit NFL throws. I want to see slants, out routes, comebacks, in cuts, deep posts, play actions, off schedule, scramble, set up, throw the ball. His his workout and is that was what you saw. Yeah, it was like Carson Wentz or Jameis Winston back in the day. It was real NFL stuff. So it wasn't. I, let's hide the agenda. So I, I, and I want you to think about this. Right. If I am planning Chris Sims's pro day, I am going to focus on the things that you do well, and I'm going to minimize the things that you don't do well. Yes. Carson Palmer's brother, Jordan Palmer, right. is the coach for both Sam Darnold and Josh Allen. Yeah. If Josh Allen goes out there and just throws it deep and makes all the throws, that means that Jordan Palmer said, well, I want to show off his skill set, and I'm going to focus on the real NFL throws. When Sam Darnold goes out there and throws a ton of checkdowns and is doing foot drills to show his footwork and then occasionally throws deep throws, that means that his coach believed that he needed to show all that other act and have it in the rain because he didn't believe that he could do all the throws that Josh Allen could. Hey, I'm, I'm looking. I'm proud of you. That's how I'm looking well, at no, it. Well, no, I think you connected a, a lot of prop. You, you got like you got to you got to look into stuff like that. You can only cook with the ingredients that you have. Mm-hmm. So if Sam Darnold isn't throwing as hard of throws or difficult of throws that Josh Allen does, yeah. then he doesn't have the ingredients that Josh Allen has. Right. That's how I'm reading We need it. a standardized pro day. Some I type agree. of some type of organization that standardizes the well, workouts. That's why this the personal should... workouts are better because the oh, teams yeah. then make you do the Put workouts they, they want. want to see. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because because otherwise, do you remember the talk about Johnny Manziel? The music, yeah. the pads. Yeah, he's a gamer. He's a leader. He called over all of the NFL coaches and gave them a speech before he threw. And people were like, "I feel, I, I felt it. I felt the energy." That's not why you're here. I know. Just watch the arm. I know. All it's, right, so it's just for TV. It's just an ESPN NFL Network thing. Let's put and everybody I, and out I'm not there. on Jordan Palmer. Jordan Palmer is helping his guys job. get paid. That's what he gets yeah, paid no, for. He's the man. Yeah, right. Jordan, Jordan's the man. Josh Allen. Just yeah. You're, you're that much more confident now. Yeah, I, I am. I mean, I think the the things that put it over the top for me are the combine. Or for, or first of all, off the field, squeaky. Okay, yep. so that just gets he's good. Don't worry about that. And then, yes, between the combine and his pro day, my biggest concerns were his motion gets a little long, and that's why the ball can spray at times. I'm still waiting to see my first non-spiral throw post after the season because really? every ball is just an absolute piss missile. So okay? he's worked on and it, and I saw a ton of touch throws. Okay, so he's learned the little mechanics of what to do in the touch throws, and it stuck from the combine into the pro day. Uh, so that tells me that it's ingrained in him yeah. already. I don't have to worry about it. like it's Tim T. But we didn't have to make a huge adjustment to his motion. Right. It was just a little tweak. But yes, the athleticism, the amount of big time throws, really decision making is pretty good. No easy completions, like I told you. Playing up in the, I mean, he's playing up in the North Pole up there. I mean, there's there's a game. I can't, uh, the game I watched in the blizzard. Um, I mean, he played in a blizzard. I had to turn it off because I couldn't see. But I kept going, damn, he completed it, but I can't really see the ball. So I had to go to other games. Uh, that, 
the ability to escape the pocket and move around. I mean, he's only he's second to Lamar Jackson in that category. Wow. I mean, he's the best, the second best athlete of the group per his combine results or yeah. just watching him run around. You can tell it's natural, it's easy for him. Um, I just, I, I don't, I think he's like the safest pick because also I think his floor is like, his floor is like, he's middle of the NFL starting quarterback. I mean, what, what's there to say his floor is? I, I don't want to hear about the completion percentage. No screens. Every ball he throws is aggressive down the field. And he was no always behind protection. the downs. And always no always pass protection. Always second long, third and long. I mean, his receivers couldn't get open against you, and I, I truly Damn. mean that. Yeah, they're, they're, so uh, I really like his game and his skill set, and I think he's I pretty much can't miss. Yeah. Who has the highest ceiling of the five? Highest ceiling of the five. If they reach their absolute max potential. Okay, it's between Allen and Lamar Jackson, right? It's one of those two. I mean, Allen, I mean, Lamar can be like, I mean, he could be Michael Vick or better. I mean, he can be that kind of guy. He yeah. really can. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be up to him from here on out how good he wants to be. And what's Josh's Josh high Allen, ceiling PPC? Man, Josh Allen can be like a, uh, I don't even know where. I've said from the start, like, he's a more athletic Troy Aikman. That's who he reminded me of on the day I saw him. This is Troy Aikman, except he's got looser hips and can turn it on, and he's actually got an even a stronger arm than Troy did in his prime. So man. that's like what I look at him as like, like, or you know, he's 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 impressive, man. Yeah. They don't build him like that too often. I'll say this: the reason that I'm very excited about this draft is typically it's Jameis or Mariota, and then we forget, right. or we look at these other quarterbacks, it's Wentz or Goff, and then we forget. This one was a legit year yeah. of analyzing all of the quarterbacks. Right. It reminds me a lot of the Bortles, Teddy, Manziel, Derek Carr year. Which who was your number one that year? Derek Carr. So what I like about I think about Jimmy this, Garoppolo was my second. I think you're right. Yeah. So eat that. So what I like about this is, guys, go to these websites, take screenshots. You feel confident about yours? Um, mine are not changing. Like I told you, they're not. That's done. Josh Allen. Jo- Sam Rosen. I mean, nope. <laughs> Sam Rosen is a broadcaster for the Rangers. <laughs> jo- so Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Hey, the only I, the you're only, willing to put it up against anybody. I'm willing to put it up against I'm anybody. I'm putting this out for you. You didn't L- know Lamar- if anybody wants to bet against Sims. If anybody wants to bet against yeah. it, I'll do it. Lefko's taking action. I'll Le- take an action. The Lamar Baker thing, I think, is closer than people are getting credit for. My biggest so argument. That three and four could flip. It's not going to flip, though. It's not. I'm going to okay. stay there, but I'm just saying it's very close. My biggest thing is this. I, I, this is my. I just don't understand the Sam Darnold's definitely one or two. I don't get it. That I just. I just don't. So I'll say that. I've been around it my whole life. You can call me what you want. I know I might be an asshole. I might if be a you jerk. want action, you come and bet against Adam me. Lefko. I didn't make the five, but I'm willing to the bet the book five. is open. If any of you so-called bloviators, you talking heads, you think you're so cocky, you think you're so confident yeah. about racking these quarterbacks, let me tell you something. Yeah. I got a little wild card. His name's Sims. I locked him in a room with footage, and he came out with that top five. I'll put it against your top five for any money you want. Bye. The Oracle. All right, we got to end this yeah, because. Like our camera guys are like, are you freaking kidding me? Can we leave? Four Sims. Peace out, homies. Four Fendrick. Good Good evening, evening, everybody. (laughs) Glad I came back for the end. Oh, so am I. That was Sims' quarterback list. Uh, By the time we come back on Monday, Odell could be playing for the Niners. Man, is oh, that's that what you're guessing? For, right? You're guessing the Niners? That's what you're rooting for? Um, I guess I'm rooting for that, too. Yeah, Man. let's do it. I mean, Odell to the Niners! Come on, Kyle! Trade for him! 
And that was the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. And we'll holler at you guys later, guys. Have a great weekend. Love you very long time. Bye.